0: Motherfucker did it again. Uh, just um, Kanye West, man. Just uh, another wait, what reason. He, what did he do? Did he did he make a really nice piece of clothing? Is he making the same clothing? Like is he just like did he did he uh, work with somebody controversial? Did he bring the baby back? What happened?
1: Uh, what had happened was was uh <laughs> yeah he's using white supremacy to uh, white supremacy his, well, wait, wait, yes, wait, What? yes yes yeah man he's a white supremacist now you didn't hear like he he, he loves the confederate flag he thinks white lives matter. Wait.
0: <laughs> shout out you i guess <laughs> so, so basically kanye came out and said that ryan matters and he was wearing a f- old flag around is that what you're saying is that is that what, mm. is that what the news is yeah, yeah.
1: Con, apparently kanye is a huge fan of uh states rights um, oh, okay he thinks yeah he thinks every state should uh, be able to govern itself and it shouldn't be a huh. federal government and he loves u.s history
0: that's that's great
1: he he loves history you know when he went to college for that one semester he actually majored in uh history did he really yeah yeah he uh majored in history and he's just like no no yeah history of design uh (laughs) interesting
0: so he majored in history of design but he but he he took the words white lives matter and just put them on the back of his shirt and, and that's uh is that is that good design you think uh, work, work I don't know if it's, it's good design, good, good but design. you know he's smart. <laughs> yeah, it's a smart design. It's you, smart, you know, He's smart, and he knows a lot about history,
1: <laughs> essentially. He, he does. I, I, mean, um, like, like he knew
0: what he was doing. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So.
2: <laughs>
0: he, put, he, he... He, put, he put Pope Francis apparently on the front of the shirt, and on the back it said "White Lives Matter." I don't, <laughs> I don't know what he's even. Go- he's. He's too Balenciaga'd out. Like him and the him and the Balenciaga crew have just been like fucking like, like chugging poppers or something. Like I don't know what. Like I don't know. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Like his brain is all scrambled, and I don't know. Something's something's going on with that guy. I don't
1: know. <laughs> you know. You know. Here. Here's my theory. I think it's because like you know like he's spending a, like a whole lot more time on Instagram. Like I think he's just on there so much that it's literally breaking his brain. Like, he's like, what can I do to get a lot of likes and a lot of attention? Hmm. Be controversial.
0: It's, it's, yeah, it's like um yeah on instagram i mean the way that he was coming after pete davidson which i thought was very funny but the thing that i didn't like about it it wasn't the harassment of pete davidson or whatever because you know kanye kanye was in a uh, a situation where he's in a very public divorce he's obviously mentally fragile all this kind of stuff whatever and he's a billionaire and he's also and he was also cheating on his wife so it's just like it's a whole uh mess of things i wasn't mad at him for the anger towards pete davidson I actually found it very funny what i didn't like is that he didn't crop uh, his his shit like it would just be like, <laughs> like like you would just see like who liked the picture from the person who screenshotted and then it was like circled and then it was just I don't, like it was just really ugly it was like it was a really ugly mm. way of posting it looked like um it looked like that kind of shit where it's like those pages where it's just like Ray Ban sunglasses twenty nine dollars like and it's like a scam <laughs> that's like what his page looked like for a month and it was really like nauseating
2: mm.
1: yeah you'd really think that like somebody who's like really good at design would be really good at designing instagram posts like come on bro well i guess he
0: won't i guess that's why he only went to design school for a half of a year because um you know he didn't (laughs) i guess he's maybe he's not design. yeah cropping was actually in uh it was the second semester class uh how to crop
1: uh (laughs) and he's like i don't need that
0: Kanye, Kanye west is a master thief and master curator of sounds and vibes like honestly like even when he was starting like he was definitely biting very heavily from all these dudes that he was like um surrounded with like no id and that kind of stuff and then as you get into the future he he has this big gigantic corporation where it's like literally he's like stealing small artist ideas left and right like i mean i would say probably the majority of everything he's done has probably been stolen from somebody like in some way shape or form mm-hmm. he just makes it he just makes it look sexy that's really all he does yeah wait so you're saying that he takes his, his ideas from like other people around
1: him right yeah, and who's he been around a lot recently? A lot, a lot, a lot of rich people, a lot, a lot of billionaires, a lot of CEOs, yeah, a lot of CEOs. Hmm. Yes. hmm. Yeah, it just feels.
2: <laughs> yeah, it feels very. Yeah. <laughs> mm.
1: I mean, damn. I mean, I don't know. I feel like kind of. It's so funny because like, he's just not afraid to like burn Eddie bridge <laughs> at all. Bro,
0: he's actually like, like fucking. He's like a Boondocks <laughs> character version of himself. Like,
1: yes, he is. He is like. I'm glad SNL is, like, taking, the, like, a break, or if they are, I don't know, because I don't... Oh, they're back? They're back and they Man, hopefully, the... The... hopefully nobody on that cast knows anything about Kanye. <laughs> uh,
0: they have a huge feud with them. That's the craziest thing. Like, they have, like, a long-running, long-standing feud with him. I mean, like, I, if you really think about it, they, have, they definitely have a gigantic beef, because the only reason why Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson met up in the first place and were able to spend so much FaceTime and Kiss was all on SNL. You know what I mean, <laughs> and this was also and, and and that SNL episode premiered like the day that Kanye went to LA to go get uh, the rest of her shitty ass porn tape from Whack One Hundred. Again, he was ch- he was definitely cheating on her in between all of that, but I can see how you know he would have a very public feud with SNL and a very public feud with Pete and also with Kim just after that spiral of events, I feel like. And especially since he's been scorned by SNL so many different times and, and he's made a fool of himself on SNL a couple times and also, like, given them st- some of the best performances that they've ever broadcast. So he has a very complex relationship with them. And I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if they know how to make fun of him properly.
1: No. I mean, I feel like they don't know how to make anyone, like, properly <laughs> and, anymore. Like, fucking make fun of dead people who, like, just die. like <laughs> oh, yeah. Fucking like i feel like i feel like they can't really write like a good funny sketch about something that's already funny it's like when they try to do like trump sketches you know and it's just like real life culture
0: is way wackier and funnier than anything you can write about on a fucking parody show especially one that's once a week and it's like an old form like television and it's not like tiktok where you could just like make fun of kanye real quick or instagram where we could just meme him real quick you know what i mean it's it's it's, mm-hmm. it's it's better on the internet and i guess yeah i guess he wants i guess he understands that and he's smart about it and he wants to become an instagram fixture by um you know bringing the memes and bringing like the i don't know like the fucking edgelord posting to real life uh that's kind of what i see <laughs> with this one i don't know it's, it's like it feels like yeah. a lazy like reclamation of of old hate symbols and and i guess like if you really think about it the white lives matter slogan and like the punisher's goal is kind of the modern confederate flag and the modern like white supremacist like uh or white supremacist normalization kind of symbol, like, that, you know, that phrase, white lives matter. So I, mm-hmm. ge- I guess I kind of see that as, like, a, a really, like, dystopian and, like, creepy, like, Blenciaga-esque, like, reclamation of that kind of symbolism. But it's so lazy, and it just, like, it just, I don't know, he has such a bad past with some of these things, and I don't know. I don't know what his intentions are, and it, you know, it definitely bothers me. <laughs> and and, yeah I don't don't know either yeah it bothers me too I mean like
1: when I first saw it like I kind of just rolled my eyes and I'm just like damn Kanye is such a slut for controversy like he just needs to be always going against someone and everything and like needs to always be in the in the fucking media or for something you know like like I just don't understand why like Kanye can't just like you know work in his design and then work on the like his album and his music and stuff and like just like like he need, it's like he needs people to see him. Also, do all of that stuff, you know. It's just like, and as soon as people stop looking at him, is when he's gonna stop working, I guess.
2: Well, it's I kind feel, of a weird yeah, way.
0: I feel like me and you are kind of like Kanye archivists, I guess. A lot of people are on the internet as well, but like that whole like uh, on what the fuck is that album, The Life of Pablo, where he where he says that line. I think it's very crucial to his whole career. Where he basically says. Um, uh, it's like, uh, everybody's gonna say something, uh, I'd be worried if they said nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, exactly,
1: and, like, and, like, I don't know, so, like, I think, like, I, he figured out the, the cheat code of of the internet, and he's like, if I can just get enough people angry at me, then enough people will be talking about me.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I guess this, there's a lot of bad news coming out of this, a lot of bad taste, but... At the end of the day, I think there's a, a light at the end of the tunnel or kind of a good, you know, thing at the end. You know, I'm uh, definitely <laughs> – I'm getting a Taylor Swift cover-up of my Kanye tattoo that's on my thigh. <laughs> yeah, Max, you didn't do nothing wrong. What are you going to get?
2: You know, <laughs> uh,
0: our following is at, you know, 10.9. I want to get us to 11. So in order to do that, I'm gonna do, I'm going to do a very Kanye-esque stunt by you know getting a shocking tattoo or getting or getting a shocking design on me that people wouldn't expect so you know giant taylor swift tattoo uh coming very soon on my leg you'll you'll all see it everybody will see
2: mm-hmm.
0: it you know it's gonna be like air swift it's gonna be here in her jet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i feel like people would be offended i feel like people would like it would definitely this would definitely be a Kirby enthusiasm well, uh, well, style moment
1: well that's what i think though right like like the way that Kanye was able to like piss people off, and people are talking about him more than ever, right? Like, I wasn't even thinking about Kanye until yeah. he d- did this.
0: You're so right. You know? I need to get a crazy cover up. You're absolutely right. For the brand. Exactly.
1: I, I think we should like, we got to do stuff that's going to get us like canceled that also doesn't mean anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's pretty much what Anna does all the time. That's like her whole strategy. Where it's just like, nobody really is that mad at her, but everybody's like, why did you throw an eye 11 party? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a weird party man i mean
1: <laughs> right but is she canceled
2: though
1: no. <laughs> i mean i don't know i feel uh, yeah I, I mean i just feel like being canceled nowadays it really doesn't mean anything it, it just means that people just like n- stop following you for a week and then follow you later or like you know people just don't care anymore yeah, um true we have no real stake in it so we can pretty much do whatever we want kanye has a lot of stake but he's just like
0: Fuck it, like I'm just gonna <laughs> say "White Lives Matter." See what happens. Yeah, he has some of the most stake in all of America because he's literally a billionaire. It's so he's so fucking crazy to watch. But anyway, let's start the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh no, Troy, I actually came back from my tattoo appointment, and they put White Lives Matter all across my legs, covering up the Kanye <laughs> tattoo. They, 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 they mistook my Taylor Swift request for a White Lives Matter tattoo. Oh, no. Oh, this Man, is not good, Troy. What's the difference? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Man,
1: dude, you're white. You're fine. People will look at you and be like, that's right, brother. <laughs> True. You tell those people. <laughs>
3: security gonna need security for this i ain't getting frisk i'll put your security at risk i ain't getting frisk don't put the security at risk never take the family picture off the fridge never stand between a man and his kids y'all ain't got enough security for this y'all ain't got enough security for this I put your security at risk. I make oh, your man. security
1: uh, a quit. Yeah, so it's like been don't get paid what, almost two years since we've started the the podcast and We're finally ending season one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: This has been, you know, the network ordered ten episodes from us. You know, once we got to the uh, certified lover coin episode where we talked shit about Drake and said that his music doesn't matter, the network offered us, you know, they extended us sixty more episodes. And, and, and now we t- we've taken the liberty to give you seven more episodes past that. Con- I think that math worked. Um, past I don't that, think that. Yeah. I, I don't think that worked.
1: <laughs> I think you're off by like 30 episodes, but whatever.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the, I mean, the, the podcast, the, the thing the thing about podcasts is they're, they're kind of all in season one at the end of the day. Even like, I mean, if you look at like Chapo Trap House or something, right? That show mm. is on episode 500. 500 of what? 500 of season one, you know? Every kind of every podcast is on is on season one unless it's like serialized. Yeah. Yeah. Unless like we're like dissect or something.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> I, I feel like I really don't know any any other podcast that does like seasons. But uh, yeah.
0: But yeah. I mean what a hell of a season we've had uh, the past two years. Yeah. yeah it's been <laughs> wild. We've had other co-hosts on here. We've had tons of crazy guests on here. We've done vocal effects. And then there's been weeks where I just like got too lazy or started dating somebody and just didn't feel like putting them in. Uh, because, because i was like you know having sex but you know uh, mm. you can really tell yeah. you can really tell the virgin era or like the ryan like um what do you call it like like uh celibate era or whatever uh or more so just getting no action era uh by the episodes where it's very you know there's tons of sound effects laced in it sounds like it sounded labored over that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. yeah and you
1: can tell uh my slut era when uh you uh, <laughs> in all the episodes i miss yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> damn bro <laughs> you are a little slut that's right
1: My, yeah yeah I, I mean i was a slut for at, at least a good like at least five weeks <laughs> i don't know <laughs> how many episodes i
0: missed <laughs> you blacked out you don't remember you're just slitting it up but we're gonna go through all not all of these episodes but hopefully not all of these episodes but yeah no i
1: got i got a memory of every single one i want to discuss uh <laughs> first episode
0: Actually, I liked. I liked our first episode. <laughs> oh, wait, you're peaking, you're getting into the uh, speaking of a whole lot of red. You're getting your le- mic levels are kind of getting into the red. So maybe
1: here, here, let me push out my mic.
0: no, but um, yeah, I liked our first episode. I thought the um, like it was
1: so funny because like I remember like we recorded it because we were like, yo, let's just do it. And then
0: no no script writing, no no plan. Yeah, that was nothing. <laughs> that was a wild one because it was like we had all listened to a whole lot of red. We were all like, it was like yeah well uh, i think it was a month after whole lot of red came out we were all listening to it and we were all pretty much in agreement that it was a good album but the most interesting thing for me was trying to figure out the audio equipment setup because at that time i didn't have a mic ryan did have a mic and he was living with me but he was in a different room i was in the bathroom uh on my airpods and then you were at home and Eba's was at home on like shitty mics or whatever or like good or sh- good to shitty mics or whatever so it was very like that was a really crazy experience. It was. I remember being in that dark bathroom and and talking about how uh, which would play better, which would pay, which would play better in the club, Cardi or Uzi. So that was really memorable.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I remember too. Like that episode was like, like we had so much content. It was like three and a half hour long <laughs> podcast. The, and we're the, like, the damn, episode? yeah, that was a long <laughs> one.
0: <laughs> we're like, this is way too fucking long. <laughs> go on for yeah it was a long fucking episode Yeah, almost an hour and 30 and i probably cut it down yeah exactly that was a that was a wild one but yeah like progressing forward i mean we had uh, that was when we had eve and ryan with us kind of full time the next episode was the certified lover episode which sadly was actually recorded and i guess released on the same day that sophie had passed away so that was a really sad episode for me i don't think we actually mentioned it on the episode but we used um sophie uh like a new single that they had dropped or something in order to kind of transition us to like you know the next segment or whatever but um Mm -hmm. damn dude you could tell we were doing this a long time fucking we were talking about dogecoin when (laughs) that was fucking massive it's weird because we could have invested in it too at that time and uh we would have been we would have made a lot of money so it was a really uh, I mean maybe I know, that's when it was like a fraction of like a that's I think that's when it was not a dollar it was like a less than a dollar and then it rose up to like $5 a share. No, it was that was, a, that, was a, that was it was on the rise. So we were kind of watching out for that. We were also around during the rise of NFTs which was really interesting because I wanted to bring I remember I wanted to bring NFTs up. I think it was in episode 4 or maybe it was episode 6. I wanted to talk about NFTs but it was like too many topics or something that week and and it, it would have just been me explaining NFTs while like like Ryan was smoking and Eve was like not interested in NFTs uh, that that particular episode or whatever. So that was a really I remember talking about that. But it's weird how, how like if we had done that podcast a month later, we would have definitely been like NFTs would have been like the top subject, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. no definitely I do remember uh we talked about briefly on uh looking forward to the weekend cuz I think we were talking about that a little bit when the weekend was hosting was uh performing the Super Bowl yeah and we were like yo he had a cool NFT and like what a cool direction to co- this <laughs> this new art form can go into That
2: was before Bored Apes too
1: That's a Yeah one. it was before Bored Apes cuz like when that came in that's when it like just like wasn't about the art at all it was all about just like how can I scam people into making money
0: um essentially yeah exactly <laughs> that was before it was like i mean it was a scam before but it was it was more of a way for people to digitize their art but anyway you know we don't need to get too deep into nfts we can continue to move up i want to go on to another very funny uh, episode um metronome that was when we had done the first oh my God. retreat right <laughs> why is it called that troy
1: uh, it's because i ruined the whole fucking episode
0: <laughs> how did you ruin the whole fucking episode
1: uh for some reason so we all had this bright idea of like we're all gonna record all of our audio separately and i guess uh for my audio i i had the metronome on uh, and i didn't have headphones on so i couldn't hear it so we just did the whole episode and it, it would have been a great one too it was about daft punk like and now it's just a, a lost episode and yeah i'm so like, sad about that that was
0: that was when we were like really like in our podcast mindset where we're like alright well what is a podcast we talk about the culture and the shifting culture and then we, we have to like tangentially almost like schizophrenically connect like all these different subjects so I remember, I remember one specific thing was like uh, I think Daft Punk had been done or something like they were done making music but then Bobby Shmurda had gotten out of jail and then we were like kind of talking about like how like uh, Daft Punk brought back like these old sounds and then like we were thinking about how Bobby Shmurda can use like old sounds or something to come back and then we were talking about like Amigos, uh, that Avalanche song where they were using old music, and I was just like, I don't know. We made this really weird point <laughs> that probably, yeah. honestly, is better off being buried.
1: <laughs> but- <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're all we were all just fuck, fucked up and just <laughs> talking about um, just random shit. I mean, I remember like, uh, when, 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 uh, Ryan was on the podcast and fucking like, he said like, yo, my, all of my friends' biggest note for us is that we suck at transitioning. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah,
2: the
0: transitions were ass.
1: Man, it, it would just be so funny because we'll just be like, like like we'll talk about like da punk and then it's just like anyways uh bobby schmurda
0: <laughs> yeah the transitions were pretty ass but honestly like now the transitions haven't it's not that they've gotten better or anything i've just been able to i've been able to figure <laughs> out how to edit more like uh sneakily honestly essentially so like we still struggle sometimes with like ah whatever like i don't i don't know let's just move on and i just i'll just play like a cool sound effect or some shit <laughs> to bring us there so so you know, I it, mean, it works. Like <laughs> it works. It definitely works. And then episode six is where we got clean feed. Episode seven is uh, where we we did it more of a movie episode. I'm so proud of that uh, that album cover I made. Yeah, the waves and currents. That was a good. One.
1: <laughs> the waves and currents, and I put it on some dude's waves. That was a very good
0: episode. <laughs> yeah, we had talked about waves. Uh, you know, then we got into oh, this is the introduction of Chad Hanks to the anti-universe in uh, episode eight. Uh, We discussed White Boy Summer. Uh, That was also when uh, Little Nas X made that music video where he was like on the pole.
1: Yeah, and everybody got mad and it's just like okay. That was a good one. That was a very good one. That was that one. (laughs) I think that was also the
0: one we were talking about Drake Campania as well. or maybe that was a little bit before. Oh, uh, was
1: that the one? Um, yeah, I, I forget
0: when we talked about Jacob Banya. That might have been it. its It is. Uh, it, is uh, it wasn't in the description, I don't think, but it, I'm 99% sure. That's the one where we were talking about j- fucking Drake Bell. <laughs> Ayo, <mio>. Yeah. Jacob <laughs> Banya really <clears throat> fucked up there. My
1: God. And then, like, I-, I can tell you the worst episode we've had. It was episode 11. Fucking Troy and Ryan drunkenly pieced together fractured memories of the Oscar nominees. And it's just like we both just because even and ryan couldn't make it so we were just like let's just get drunk and talk about the oscar nominations it's like oh we've seen enough movies to 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 know our bases and then we're just like that's a good movie (laughs)
0: yeah we didn't that was not a very good that was just not an overall very good episode (laughs) that was definitely like one where i had to work or some shit and i was just like oh let's just fucking talk about the oscars and whatever uh let's just w- i'm gonna watch fucking crumbo or whatever the fuck that shitty movie is or whatever uh, <laughs> crumbo i don't even know crumbo or like the tale of like johnny and uh molasses or something whatever came out that year i don't remember i think
1: was a parasite one <laughs> does picture i don't nah, know nah, I-,
0: nah, I, was, nah, I remember It was like minari and there's that movie where the lady works for amazon or some shit dumb oh yeah that movie was that movie wasn't that good that
1: movie,
0: that movie, was, ass, <laughs> that movie was ass the episode was ass
1: Oh, you know what though? Like a couple episodes down, yes, because th- that's when uh, we talked about Elon Musk on SNL, and then that's when Dogecoin took a shit. Yeah, episode thirteen, Doge shit. Oh, yeah, oh yeah,
0: that was a fun one. That was a very wow, fun one. man. We lasted longer than Dogecoin. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: true. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's really the funniest thing is that if you had invested in Dogecoin at uh at episode two and you had already been disinvested in it, before episode 13 Doge shit came out, you would be rich. Because what happened was that Elon Musk went on there, and yeah, he was supposed to pump it. Dogecoin, and he did, and then it just completely fell out. Like, the whole shit fell out from the bottom. So, really interesting. Two two of the funniest episodes back-to-back, though. Actually, three of the funniest episodes back-to-back. Episode 14, Let Nas Down. Episode 15, Pray for anti, And then episode 16, Emerson Snow. That's like a fucking... Yes.
2: Those ones were fire.
1: That dude, that was that was a really good run. Like, let Nas down, dude. Because uh, was yeah, we talked about Saint Vincent and uh, Twenty One Savage I want to say, and yeah, man, that was awesome. Like uh, talking about them, and then you had that fucking story of how you let Nas down.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the oh yes, that's right. Um, where I was um, having sex to the song "Let Nas Down." Right, yeah
1: you're having sex with a white woman and you were like all lives matter <laughs>
0: <Bro>. <laughs> is that what i was saying
1: yeah man listen back to the tapes <laughs> you, so it's you're, there i swear so you're,
0: you're admitting to you're admitting to not only meat riding but like literally like meat like uh, espionage like meat like surveillance you're being like the the, oh, the like cock inspector bro you're the, you're the penis professor, bro. You know exactly uh, what I, my dick is doing and what I said as I was using it. Bro, exactly, sus. man.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a crazy uh, podcast, dude. Uh, you know, how, how much was the white death of my memory? It's it, it's there for life. You scarred me.
2: <laughs> this was a funny one. No,
1: without
0: my consent. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Haven't <laughs> you forgot to ask somebody for consent? I think you have. <laughs> bro, maybe, maybe if you didn't fucking implant yourself like a tick on my gooch, maybe you wouldn't know him <laughs> what I'm <like. laughs>
2: Anyway, I'm
0: trying to talk about the episodes that we did, okay? I'm trying to talk about the episode where Troy, Ryan, and Eve discuss their review process and talk about the new J. Cole and St. Vincent projects, as well as the spooky new (laughs) 21st (laughs) Avenue song.
1: I I remember the episode because I remember we we were all like, J. Cole is mid- (laughs) <laughs> yeah. and, and then like a week later like everyone on social
0: media was like j cole's the goat j cole's the goat and it's just like yeah no yeah. it's really not no he's not the goat that was when like he, that was when he was in the african <laughs> basketball league or whatever and then he like kind of like um uh, uh he got a couple of points or he played in a couple of games and his scorecard was like decent for a rookie or something and then he quit after like a week like the album it was like literally like that album was literally like flavor of the week type shit where it's like he plays basketball for one week he drops this album for one week everybody does the hype cycle the complex is like oh my god j cole like you know his balls have gotten bigger like look at them and then and then it's just like a week later it's just like oh it's all done like nobody cares
1: it's just like on to the next thing you know let's all make drake posts until he drops
0: but i'll stay (laughs) true i'll stay true to myself bro i saw What's his name? I saw J. Cole riding his bike around uh, like around Chinatown, around like Dime Square, um, Lower East Side, whatever, like that area, Canal Street and shit. I saw him riding his bike there, and I did not stop him to say that I thought his last album was good. I was going to, I was gonna run after him and be like, "Cole, I love the, you know whatever the his album was called." But I was like, "No." And wait, you said he was he was riding his bike? Yeah,
2: That's
1: so like- humble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: you know what? You're right. He's Wow.
1: The goat. <laughs> exactly and then like the, the next episode when uh what was it pray for auntie when um yeah we took like a little bit of a break i guess and then uh we regrouped and talked about uh about bill gates and
0: white boy summer that was one and of my, jeff bezos That was one of my <laughs> absolute favorites because uh ryan ryan troyd Eve regrouped to pay respects to a fallen brother that one was about a a uh, uh colombian like uh pop singer or something oh i do remember that yeah oh my god he, like, fell out the window, right? Yeah, we made some really, like, crude joke, and it was, like, it was so good. Like, it hit, like, so good. Like, that was, like, the peak of, like, <laughs> that, that episode. That wasn't the peak of our comedy. I feel like we've had, you know, episodes equally as funny or funnier, like, later on. But it's, like, that episode, like, that joke, that one joke specifically stands out to me as the best, like, hook, line, and sinker. Like, whatever we were saying. Yeah. Dude, that was great, and dude, the fact that we were able to relate Bill Gates shooting on his wife to White Boy Summer—oh, like, that was really good—and Jeff Bezos too. Yeah, that was like that's. See, this is a real improvement. You can see because this this is the full crew episode, the one with Bobby Schmurda. I'm saying that's what I was saying. It was like very like tangentially connected, badly like whatever. This one was well recorded, good sound design, and then on top of it, we were just we were we were just riffing up a damn storm, and we were making these crazy connections like yeah like yeah like, like bro it was like everything like we were on top of shit on such a level where we, we had already been covering chet hanks and we already kind of made fun of jeff bezos so then now it's like when all of them were cheating on their wives and <laughs> and then <laughs> dude, we just connected it like it was just that was a swoosh that was like a four-person like, yeah like, like alley-oop or some shit like yeah, that, that,
1: that was a, that was so much fun. My like, God. Uh, yeah, that was a really good episode. And what was it? And even the next episode too, like the one, when you interviewed, uh, Emerson Snow, like. I got when I put my brother onto the pockets, I'm like, all right, like we're finally getting better. So he, listen to these episodes now. <laughs> and and he's just like, and I, I was listening to him in the car, and when Emerson was like telling that story, of, like you're like, oh, like how you doing? He's like, oh, I'm watching Jackass, and it's like, oh, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, let me tell you about this dude who I knew back in the day who cut his dick off. No, oh yeah, it's just yeah, like, yeah, what? Yeah, it's
0: fucking cock. <laughs> You're like, you fucking had a, a yeah. gosh going down it. Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like what the fuck? Yeah, that was a good one. That, yeah, was, that was really good. Yeah, it was
0: cool. This is—he was one of the first guys who really showed support to us. I really appreciate Emerson, and he was—that was a really good episode, specifically because like I had written like a like a piece about the Ariel Pink album, like when he was in the midst of his cancellation. Essentially, um I guess this was like around the insurrection and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> And that's when, what's his name, like months after the introduction, obviously. But within the context of writing that Ariel Pink album review, uh, it was like a little bit after that. So I was basically writing about how good the album was and doing like a classic review. But also at the same time being like, yeah, like what he's doing now is, not, I'm not, I don't agree with it. I just like the music. And I remember Emerson had opened for him. So he liked that review and we, had, we were talking about it for a while. And this one actually took a, quite a while to get together. But once it got together, it was like... You know, it was just like magic. Like great episode. Uh, he came out with a really great EP right after. Like we still talk to this day and shit. Uh, yeah, this is this is like this is one of the first episodes where I knew that we were like doing more than just podcasting, more than just like talking shit about music. I feel like,
2: mm. you know,
0: yeah, yeah. I feel like it. It was
1: definitely um, an influential episode for us because like it kind of like gave us like a little peek of like a different format we could do on the podcast that still worked. Mm-hmm. You know, because I feel like like back then, like like we were like we were so scared of having like a guest on the pod. And now it's just like like we try to get one on like almost every episode.
0: Oh, yeah. No, that's that's actually really true. That was that our first guest.
1: Um,
0: yes. I think. Yes. Yes, it was our first guest, because then right after that, we had another guest, which so we were like being like guest like whores.
1: yeah we want everyone on there I remember like we were like oh I don't don't want to put anyone on the podcast like you know they don't know how to riff yeah
0: yeah and he riffed yeah that's so true as if we did (laughs) right it's just like I don't know if we'll go all together (laughs) bro that's fascinating like we just said that a million times it's like bro we're so good at riffing (laughs) bro we're gonna be as good as riffing as fucking Joe Rogan is
1: yeah yeah, what 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 a
2: benchmark to stand up to he literally has like eight minutes of dead air (laughs) like like, jamie
1: pull that shit up man yeah we'll wait you just hear (laughs) clicks for like 20 minutes
0: (laughs) on it and then he's like on it like new like these new weights are so good
1: he's like jamie look up that article that that says that the vaccine actually kills people look it up it's there i I, I, Uh, I, I can't (laughs) look it up joe
3: Uh, why not why are you being such a queer (laughs) jamie like
1: (sighs) fine jamie you know what i'm gonna get
0: canceled for that don't say that joe god (laughs) he's like
1: (laughs) Nah, then he's just like, all right, fine. If you can't find that, find that one with that monkeys driving that truck uh, off of a,
0: a bridge and hits that school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fucking Bro, hilarious, imagine, man. <laughs> imagine Joe Rogan and Jamie because he's been Jamie's pretty much been there since the beginning. Like, imagine Joe Rogan and Jamie going like doing what we're doing right now. <laughs> <And> they're like, <laughs> oh, yes, episode eighty six, uh, the eighty sixth episode that we did with Brandon Brandon Shaw. That was when we talked about keto for an hour. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, that was a good one. And then episode uh, the next episode, we actually had Brendan Schaub again, and
2: <laughs>
0: it's like <laughs> right for
1: fucking Joe Rogan, man. I, I remember like when we first started our podcast, I like because that was like I think like yeah, I used to be really into him like the year before we even started doing the podcast, maybe like two years before when they were actually good.
0: I was a huge Rogan head, big time Rogan. Yeah. Guy as well
1: yeah every week like i don't know like maybe because like he just had so many like like a diversity of guests of just like really interesting people and now it's just like his friends yeah it's true and but like yeah his friends
0: are also scientists that only support his (laughs) beliefs that's what you stay on long it's like the simpsons you know you stay on long enough and you just become like a caricature of your old self and that's pretty much what joe rogan's at right now and that's and it's kind of the same with joe budden as well uh, but i do like the new like i used to be a big fan of joe budden and i think joe budden was kind of an influence for a lot of what we did as well mm-hmm. and yeah. um i like his new era where he just says thi- like like he's <laughs> he's honestly a king he came when he came out as bisexual so that he can talk about the baby <laughs> that was the <laughs> what a funny funny fuck, fucking move like me and like you can definitely see the influence of just like oh like we came out and like you literally we <laughs> never had to do that <laughs> We did it. For, like, oh, uh, yeah. uh, we did it for for the brand.
1: <laughs> for the brand, yeah. I remember we flipped the coin and everything and
0: <laughs> Well he came out as bisexual because he was talking about how the baby was saying, like, you know, uh, sucking dick in the parking lot and all that, and then he was like he had gone through all these organizations to like kinda teach him about these things. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah, I do remember.
0: Yeah, where the baby went through all that kind of stuff. So 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 yeah, Joe yeah. Biden was like, I want to be able to talk about it, so he's like, I'm bisexual. <laughs>
2: it was like all right. <laughs>
0: As a bisexual man, I thought what the baby said wasn't
1: cool. No, he's
0: like it was fine. was <laughs> like I should leave him alone and like let him go back to the touring or whatever. And it's like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Damn, he really stuck his neck out for a guy who sold 1700 <laughs> albums. <laughs> last time he fucking <laughs> dropped an album like a couple weeks ago.
1: Dan, dude. Speaking of the baby, I think it's so funny how like uh his album, new album flopped. Uh, I like to think that uh we had a hand in that when we uh would bash the baby all the time. <laughs> Bro, we loved the baby, and now talking? he's ruined. <laughs> Bro, I mean, in the beginning, we loved the baby, and then he then he said the
0: homophobic shit, and we're like, damn. Yeah, the baby ruined himself. Yeah, well, he was artistically kind of tanking at that point. His style and his flow were kind of getting. Yeah, treated, and then he did that, and then he kind of came back a little bit with the Kanye song, but he like also referenced like it and made himself seem like a fucking victim. So that sucked and then he did the, and then he'd just been saying this stuff about megan yeah he just anyway we'll move on but yeah <laughs> he was trash yeah and uh yeah yeah you know for the culture of course we talked about the culture three which sucked um
3: top <laughs> yeah top, that yeah, one was bad
0: top four friends of uh, 2021 that was our first our first actual fully recorded and like done and like actually you know that came out uh in person pod that was a really good one that was like during the retreat where we locked ourselves yeah in a brooklyn basement and just put out like fucking shit tons of reviews and playlists and
3: shit were crazy
1: yeah and honestly it all hit too like i remember like back then like like we did like a content factory and it worked like it it, it felt good like you know how we like we're able to like do all this work and get all this shit done and it paid off
0: well yeah this is around a little while after the time that i had discovered like the creator studio thing like the scheduler for anti-art so like this was kind of like one of those one of the things where i was able to like program like a week's worth of shit like Every like oh this is coming out at eleven this is coming out at one this is coming out at three I don't have to actually post it like that like we were kind of getting more automated and more professional that was really good the Toes out episode I remember being particularly good uh, and then we had kind of the e the me and Eve era for like two seconds where it was kind of like the happy birthday Yeezy's episode and then the um the um the hoff twins episode as well oh my god Dude, I was about to say that was, episode was was fantastic.
2: <laughs> yeah that one was the fucking Winds on
0: did it again. That's one of my absolute <laughs> favorites. Me and Eve just talking about like some guy and I'm like I was like this guy is good looking I had like I was like the beard connects and he's like this is the third time you brought up beard's connecting on this episode. He's like what is going on? <laughs> he's like what are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> Dude,
1: I remember I remember listening cuz like I missed that episode cuz I had a family vacation and I remember I was at the airport listening to it and I'm just like this is hilarious. I'm
0: like this is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was when that was these are the episodes when we actually started getting good like like the first couple episodes i remember the one episode like the weekend one like we we had been like we were kind of arguing about like who had the best super bowl halftime show and it, and and i and i got was getting like crazy passionate about it and shit and i was just like this is like i would listen back to him like this is cringe and then and then once we get to like yeah that episode where like so like the, the format is so loose the donda episode that's one of my absolute favorites um Mm. Mm-hmm. When we were waiting around for for Donda to come out and we were just like yes. Kind of like oh it's not going to come out and then I remember on the podcast it was just like we were listening and you were in the shower or something and I was like Troy Troy it's on, it's on, it's on, come back." Yeah, dude, I, I fucking
1: what's it? I remember I came in my room and I just hear you just screaming and my headphones are on the table and I was just like, "What? What the fuck is this?" <laughs> and then, yeah. Man, that that was a good performance too. I remember like like during Donda I'm like, "Damn, this guy really turned his creative uh, slump around." I'm like this, this yeah. is a great fucking album yeah, that was cool like dude. a little
0: iffy at some parts, but it was good It was cool because like I feel like both uh, this episode and the one before it uh, really kind of or these actually these three episodes like in a row 23 24 and 25 uh, the like the extra stinky uh, meme page interview the Donda and then the divorced dad energy it kind of created like the, the future format for our shit where it's like we're, fo- we're kind of following events we're following like music as it comes out and we're talking about things that people aren't talking about like leaks and that and meme pages and like we that was like during the, around the time when i wrote the meme page article too or like shortly after that so we were really on the cutting edge of a lot of stuff uh the divorced dad energy was a really good episode it, that was my first solo one where we where i kind of like regrouped and kind of like centered everything and figured out like where we were kind of going next that was a really good one the chavo interview yeah. was very funny he was <laughs> watching tv on his phone <laughs>
1: yeah he was watching tv and also being interviewed it was just like Thanks, man. Thanks for giving
0: us this. You uh, some t- your time. <laughs> that was a really good one. And then, and then we had, and then we were kind of dipped more into like the uh, more formal, like celebrity clout chasing era with episode twenty-seven. I met little baby. Episode twenty-eight, Earth Theater interview, and episode twenty-nine, Bass Rock with Poppy Scoville. Uh, that was like the L.A. era where we thought we were hot shit. That was a good one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean. I, I like that run too. Like the, and uh, you met little baby. We were able to talk about that. We were able to talk about the the Donda uh, performance in um
0: uh, Atlanta. The Mercedes when he was living in the stadium. That shit was fucking cool. Yeah, like we met. Uh, that was really really fucking cool. And we were, I was like facetiming with you guys and everything. And then and then and then from that, I had drunkenly brought my friend home one day. It was like three a.m. I hit up Earthy to do the interview. She said yes. I designed like the cover of this like on the uh on the. Uh, the drive back from Atlanta so it was like maybe five AM. I was gonna interview her the next day. She like slept through the interview, so we did it the next day. And then like she like looked at like the cover and she really liked it. It was like that was like a that was all surreal. And th- and those are big celebrities. Like that was crazy. Like meeting a little baby, talking to Earth Eater and then kind of, like, also, like, interacting with I Love McConan a little bit, like, uh, during the L.A. episode with um, with Peter. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like that yeah. was, like, holy shit. Like, we're we're doing it. It's just, episode. like, we're on to something. Yeah, we're doing And then, and then <laughs> bro, and then the next episode is Taylor Lorenz and Joan of Arca. Like, bro. Yeah. Both of that them was a good one. Titan. Joan of Arca has, she had 8,000 followers then. She has 160,000 right now. Like.
1: Yeah. You know, she really blew up. And, like, Taylor Lorenz. If Taylor Lorenz blew up. In, t- in fact, it. It's funny how like those two people like specifically blew up exponentially
0: after our episode. Is there a coincidence? <laughs> <Yeah>. Probably not. <laughs>
1: the
2: anti-effects. Yeah, that, that was a that was a fun one
0: because it was cuz of Joan of, Joan of Arca was like a smaller kind of meme account like in that kind of like orbit or whatever. And she was kind of figuring out what she was trying to do with her life. She was in college, and I was like, we, me and her, were, me and Taylor, were like trying to convince her to be like a meme historian. And I, did, I feel like it's, I feel like if she continues on her path now of not being banned and just continuing to just like, you know, do her thing, like she literally could do something like that, which is it's just cool that like we were able to have that moment with her, and shit like as she was growing mm. so so rapidly, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. Oh, and then the next episode was great too. The the cuck lover boy. Oh yeah. <laughs> Bro, when me and you and Eve talked about Donda Certified Lover Boy and like like uh, yeah, we were talking about like what's better or not like man that was <laughs> so much fucking fun, oh my god.
0: Yeah, I was like I was like uh, the Certified Lover Boy. It feels like taking a bunch of melatonin or like ambient and then like jacking off and like having no satisfaction. You got and you guys are like you're on your own with that
2: with that one, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna let you rock with it.
0: <laughs> I'll just let you go with that one, I guess. Uh, oh man yeah that was good this is really when we were getting into our format kind of era kind of like interviewing like big guests really nicely designed album uh like podcast covers and then cuck lover boy and tax the rich and uh you know uh and and zuck game all three of those were like supremely like put together like like machine made like episodes like honestly like we had the topics Mm -hmm. perfect the riffs perfect like like the met Gala was happening the donda drop the like uh uh, squid games and 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 talking about like azalea banks and all that the t-shirts being made like all that was it was just like we were starting to become like a real like brand you know what i mean like and then, oh, we forgot, we skipped over the one.
1: The one we had uh, Chris Wade on. And we made him watch uh, Chet Hanks.
0: Oh, yeah, because they had both gone to Northwestern or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. They, they were fucking classmates. They were roommates, actually, right? Like... <laughs> yeah, they were roommates. <laughs> In fact, what is it? That was when Chet was skinny. And then he, and Chris was like, bro, have you ever tried doing 100 burpees? and he... <laughs> <laughs> This is <really> true. True. <laughs> man yeah that was a good one plus like i don't know i really liked uh i liked the episode too because like like you know chris wade being part of a uh, chapo uh trap house like i felt like he just had really good insight on like podcasting and like kind of just saying that the most important part about doing a podcast with your friends is that you're doing it with your friends you know that like yeah. it just like it just it's more about like our friendship talking about something instead of just like, us actually talking about something
0: um, exactly. That's right. And I, and I just feel like he was definitely like, um, he was definitely kind of, kind of shaping like what we do. Like he was like, he like affirmed like our, you know, like our, uh, reviews on Instagram kind of mentality. And then at the same time he was kind of giving us pointers about like how to, how to be a podcast producer. And then, and then I actually ended up meeting him and hanging out with him so then it's like then, then you move forward into like this is kind of the era where it's like we're, we're meeting people online and then we're meeting people in real life because we met them online so the Chris Wade one like the the Mia episode uh, the <coughs> Mia Madden episode um, mm-hmm. the Melissa Brooks the- episode where I actually met her this summer uh, and she got us she got us like she got me and the this girl that I was seeing like tickets to see uh, Incubus and Sublime like side stage so we were like a foot away from them and shit and, like just like crazy. Can I like the Genesis one where yeah. you
2: actually Yeah, the Genesis like saw one, him, you know.
0: Yeah, dude, he yeah, seeing him perform live uh
1: in concert like it was incredible. Like I'm just like like damn, this guy like he he's going to as soon as like American audiences like catch on to him, like this guy's the limit for him. Like it's he was incredible. Plus the in that interview, like he, I feel like he was just so like like just so well spoken, you, you know? Like so- yeah, he was
3: he
0: was great.
1: Yeah, he was humble and like he just like oh like let me also talk my shit too. Like it, it was a really good episode, and I remember too like I was panicking beforehand because like I had to find a a headphone wire because uh, somebody uh, uh, took it with them uh, when they when they left. And I I didn't know until I had to sit down with the podcast I was like fuck so I had to run to Best
0: Buy <laughs> multiple times oh, trying to find this goddamn wire the technical the technical errors I mean this is what that's what's the most fun because as we advance and get bigger and like get more official like I feel like I feel like we're gonna kind of yearn for those days where it's like oh bro remember when we like had to go to Seven Eleven to get the cable and because now cause then, <laughs> you know, I, cause, no seriously because in, in like a year or less like when we really get organized like it'll be like you know, we'll just expense all that shit and it'll be ordered on Amazon or, you know, it'll be more sterile and more like kind of professional. But, uh, mm. but now, yeah, it's definitely, it's, we're not doing stuff uh, uh, by the seeds of our pants as much anymore, which is, which feels great. And it feels like it was the goal the whole time. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it, it's fun to do things by the seat of your pants. It's like, it, 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 leads to like adventure, like, like the earth eater interview happening, like, like DMing her at 3am drunk, you know what I mean? Like
2: that kind mm. of stuff. It worked
0: out. It worked out. Exactly. So, you know, we, it's, we got to keep doing more of that more sloppy shit like that but also you know keeping it more professional keeping the sound good that's like my my real hope for the you know episodes as we go on but you know as we go on uh um <coughs> we 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 had the arca podcast podcast the arca where we talked about uh Astroworld, where we talked about chet hanks um <coughs> and uh the andrew interview from channel five uh the the beef with azalea banks that was a good one and then mm-hmm. uh, we had some more Donda episodes, the Victory Lab episode, which is kind of like a version of what we're doing, I'm doing right now, kind of like, oh, we met Lil Baby, we did this and that. That was, a, I would definitely recommend that one, another solo episode. Um, mm-hmm. That was kind of honestly yeah. like the end of technically like season one. We're kind of like in season three, if you really think about it. But
1: Yeah, no, we really are. I mean, um, yeah, that was a really good one, the Victory Lab one. Like, you produced it pretty well, too. Like, the way
0: you uh, put on like music with like, w- while you were talking, like, Worked very well. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. That was a good. That was a great, That was a good one. And you know what's also really funny, like as as we move up, like um, I didn't want to get too deep into this because I wanted to say this for in January when we do a second victory lap episode, but like as we uh as we go up, we kind of see the, po- the more of the podcast interactions and in, even just like indirect indirect kind of interactions. Like like we had um Anna. Uh, we didn't have Anna on the episode, but I called this episode "Neoliberal Hell" because we were talking about how. Like the Omicron virus and how like the government is unsupportive and and uh, you know what I mean like it was it, that was like the, the last podcast of the the year essentially and I, yeah I called it the mm-hmm. liberal hell like how funny is that and now I have a podcast yeah. called the hell like another one like, <laughs> yeah it's crazy how that fucking worked out
1: yeah I, I remember yeah, yeah then we took like a Christmas break mm-hmm. or holiday break excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then um yeah and then and then i remember that like, we came back in january and we were like yo let's do some skits <laughs> yes.
0: and we did a skit where we had uh, ashley on from uh simping after dark yeah this kind of was season this was kind of like the season two premiere the anti after dark episode was kind of like the season two premiere because it's funny yeah like you're right because like the skits and and the kind of sound engineering and that kind of stuff all kind of factored into as we go up like it gets it gets more intense like uh, the interview with the meme page three that was actually my favorite episode. Sorry, the with my bloody virgins.
1: That, that was a lot of fun. Like we, <laughs> so dude, we had like
0: well, it was like nine of us on the fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For those of you who don't know, uh, for those of you who live under a fucking rock, uh, many times banned. I think they were banned seven times and now eight times. They have a different meme page called My Bloody uh, Virginia Wolf, but they were called uh, My Bloody Virginator at the time. Uh, it's this group of very talented uh, girls and one dude who. Um, you know uh do art shit do music shit like graphic design we actually had one of them intern for us this summer Annika she was she was great she's an incredible writer uh, and she actually was uh like missing from that episode which is funny that it's funny that she's the one who ended up interning for us in the in the in the end right yeah yeah it's 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 very
1: ironic but uh yeah it was awesome like plus like Honestly, I think one of the top uh, comedic moments, too, was when, uh, I forget who, was it Emily, I guess, with them? They were saying
0: that, like, Conor McGregor slid in her DMs on iFunny. Oh, yes. I'm blanking on her name at the moment. She's she's fantastic. But, yeah, I'm playing on her name at the moment. But, yes, uh, <laughs> that was very, very fucking funny. Uh, oh, my God. That was a highlight of the podcast. That, that was, yeah, that was a huge highlight of the podcast. Like, I would definitely send that clip to, to people, like, the tell us tell to tell people about us um but yeah as we move up we have some episodes with ryan we got into our euphoria era um we did like several episodes about euphoria and kanye um the grimes pilled is another one of my very favorites um that was when we were again mm-hmm. we were getting really yeah. organized getting sound design uh crash with uh jock of seeking arrangements.
1: man that that was a funny episode i just the episode was so funny because he like i love how Jacques was just like was like oh like this isn't even the best album the best album is the one that i have on my hard drive and it's just yeah,
0: like he was talking about <laughs> what is it it's funny it's funny that we were like 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 making fun of him for that but then it's like bro donda version two but with uh you know, <laughs> freeze, extended chorus and the, the sound quality on this is better like it's literally the same thing though it's so that's, that's, Dude, the, it's the, same that's, thing. that's the funniest part uh it, we're just very passionate music at just like going over shit and that that was that was so fucking funny i remember that was good I, it was chaotic as
1: hell too Jacques was uh he, he was fun he was really fun to have the podcast like you can tell he, he, he's been podcast for a while because he just was so good at like transitioning topics and like was able to shoot the shit on everything that we talked about
0: exactly yes um yeah he was yeah he was yeah he was chaotic and all over the place like doing dabs but he's like extremely knowledgeable yeah, and then as we go up, we have some more meme uh, interview with the meme page, which later extends into the ins direction, which was like a real, uh, real life event, which we'll definitely get more into again at the end of the year wrap up uh, in January. But you know, we move yeah. up. Uh, I went to Mexico City and uh, saw that concert. Saw Arca and Shy Girl and all them and Earth Eater and Nathy Palooza. Matt Deer. Uh, we have another Aphex. Uh, uh, we have another Pilled episode. Aphex Pilled.
1: Yeah, honestly, our we should do more pilled episodes in the next season. I like, agree. We those, should definitely
2: do more pilled episodes.
1: Yeah, though, like it was. I wouldn't say like it was easier to record, but like it was easier for us to like have like pop up bars in um like talking about something like just because like we well researched uh, the pilled episode and like we had like a guest on who also was like a huge fan. And it's just like I don't know. I just feel like the the, the Apex Twin one or Apex, uh build episode was just like probably the, one of the
0: top tier ones that we've uh, we've done. I think. Yeah, definitely top five. I mean, that was yeah. The, all the all the the Apex, um songs that I added in. Again, his knowledge. He he used to run the or he still runs the Apex Twin official account. And actually, he's going to be at the on the extended uh, end of this episode. So me and Troy are obviously going doing like a recap Eclipse episode, but. Like the last 30 to 45 minutes is going to be spent uh, me and him talking about the Bjork album that just came out, the Shy Girl album, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, he's going to be, he's like a fixture of the pod at this point. We recorded another episode with him, but it unfortunately got lost. Uh, but, you know,
1: and that was a good one, too,
0: man. It was a good one. But, but I think what we'll do this time, it will be like a po- very polished version, essentially kind of go mulling over some of the same topics. But. Um, with you know a little bit more finesse, a little bit more structure. So I'm I'm excited for that one. The solo Glow interview was chaotic and very funny. Um, album of the Year was kind of a throwaway. Uh, wake Up, Kendrick. Uh, uh, was that the one? No, no, no. The next one is episode 65 is a very special episode. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's the one when I did it solo. Yes.
2: Like
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the one... Yeah, because uh, Wake Up, New Kendrick was when he had uh, The Hard Part 5 come out, and then... Troy D- goes solo was when I was able to go do a deep dive on his album and yeah it was really nice because like like you know like not having somebody on the podcast to like tell me I'm saying shit wrong um I, I was able to like get into mm-hmm. my point without being
0: interrupted uh <laughs>
1: sorry Zach, yeah so meant... get to uh,
0: got to what without being interrupted what'd you say oh yeah same no, same my, my my beautiful <laughs> shut points <laughs> shut the fuck up Stop
2: talking.
1: <laughs> yeah, my god, dude, I'm about to I'm about to do a Troy Go solo too, and <laughs> just cut you out of this episode. And then we did just listen,
0: where Troy came out as gay. So then we have the second yep. of the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong, nothing, nothing to really talk about on that one. That was hey. that was like pretty much like our worst episode. Nothing really significant happened in that one whatsoever. So
1: no, yeah, pretty boring. I I I couldn't even finish the episode. I'm like damn i'm just gonna listen
0: to fucking trap house again this
1: is our <laughs> this is our it's
0: june and it's way too hot to go outside episode and ryan is being soft canceled that was a that was an interesting era very interesting era
2: <laughs> very
1: interesting yeah episode. yeah yeah when we got like yeah when ryan was getting canceled and then i was just like and then it ended up completely what? backfiring on the people
0: who did it because literally they made me come out as who i actually am and then we, and then we use the color aesthetics from the sexuality that i identified as to literally make a whole new brand and rebrand everything. And people are very receptive of that. And how interesting is that? Yeah. Yeah. It,
1: it, you know, like I think that's uh, one of our strengths though, uh, on this podcast is that we're pretty resilient, you know, like, like even like, I remember like some weeks of doing these episodes we're like, Oh, we have no idea what we want to do the episode on. And then the day before we're like, okay, we know exactly what we want to do the episode on. Yeah. We definitely are going (laughs) to, you you know, yeah i agree yeah like like we we're able to like bounce back and like you know not let that bother us then yeah because then the next episode of rap uh we were able
0: to talk about uh was it rolling stone did top rap albums of the yeah the top rap albums of all time and then I all made, time and then i had yeah. made my own list so that was a really interesting time because again i was like i was really sh- i was like coming off of the fall off slash like us kind of catching the w on the whole situation and so my like everything was all good and everything was kind of all sorted out we stopped getting like random dms and dm requests and people saying like horrific things about us and shit and then i was just able to focus on that and like really turn my mind to rap albums and i I was listening to so much i was listening to like rap albums for like three days straight like it was it was great and then on then and then the next episode honestly the anti-art news it's the same thing like i really we I, i was like okay well you know, uh, people don't like certain posts that we do. So, like, how could we? How could we talk about certain topics, like very like divisive topics, without uh, people coming at us? And then I'm like, let's make you know a news segment. You know, so then mm-hmm. yeah, the entire news. Yeah. So then we did an episode on the news. We incorporated that into kind of our our brand and shit like that. This is definitely like a time of uh, kind of like regrouping, rebranding, and like again catching the W on a fucked up situation, but like flipping it. And honestly, like. It, it just resulted in, like, a, like I mean, the next episode is with Kareem Rama, who's, like, very prominent. And like, I met him through somebody who was in full support of us during that whole issue. So, it's, like, literally, like, you know what I'm saying? It's, like, literally, like, everything happens for a reason. It's crazy.
1: hmm Yeah. Yeah, and then the next episode, too, with uh, the your first uh, Internet Brain rot episode. Because I remember, like, when you are all about Andrew Tate, and I'm, like, I don't know who Andrew Tate is.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: and then, like, literally, like, two days later, I'm
0: like, he was fucking everywhere. Bro, it's crazy i'm i'm telling you man we have a we have a finger on the pulse of what is going on and it's proven through this episode we're doing right now like literally we are able to track like everything but not before it happens but before it gets to a point where it gets nauseating to speak about in the public sphere and it's like almost like kind of like a guilty pleasure with this andrew tate shit where it's just like ah this guy's very funny but like and, and weird and like misogynistic and fucked up but also very funny and like nobody is talking about it you know, or like, um, I don't know. Even like, uh, let me just go back for a second. Like, even like, now the Will Smith slap—we definitely got to that late, <laughs> bro.
1: We, we did get to that late. I, I figure what happened. Like, something happened where we had to like record like two days later, and it was just like, damn, like we're already too late.
0: Yeah, but I, I don't know. We keep on top of trending topics without being like, well, without Waller trending it. Like, like, like just before they're trending. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we trend honestly, them, like, you know. Honestly, I'll say that, like, the, the Slap episode, like,
1: I thought we had a good angle to it just because of how tired we were <laughs> of uh, of that uh, fucking story. And it's just, like, even though it's the first time I'm talking about it on the pod,
0: like, this is fucking awful. Like, I don't want to yeah. talk
1: about this. <laughs> yeah. So, but this is what you guys want, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is kind of, like, refining the takes and that kind of stuff. And then, you know what I mean? As you go up, like, the you know, we get a little bit more edgy with the Taylor boop episode. And then <laughs> we have... We had a really big guest on with Deaton Chris Anthony. Anti for You was a great episode. That was more. Uh, I, I've been getting a lot of positive reception on that one as being one of our best. Kind of going through mm-hmm. Nathan Fielder's whole shit. I mean, if you listen to our podcast regularly, that that was like a, a week or two ago that you heard that. So it's like, I don't. I'm not going to recap some shit you heard a month ago. But
1: mm, no, yeah, yeah, that was a good episode. I mean, plus like we've been fans of, of Nathan Fielder for like you know ever since Nathan for You came out. You know. So just like uh, it was really nice to be able to talk about him uh, kind of like on that level and then also talk about like the differences between like Nathan for you versus the rehearsal.
0: Yeah, that felt like a really good deep dive episode. And I mean, speaking of, I guess we have like some certain announcements to make. Like, obviously, this is going to be the end of season one, as we said, uh, technically. So season two or maybe we're on season three. Honestly, I think we're on season three at this point. Yeah, you know, what? let's just skip to season five because I feel like five's a good
1: because people will be like, oh, they're on
0: the fifth season, they must be good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm literally
0: going to reformat all these episodes and make it so that we just finish season two with uh, with this episode right here, and season three will be the next one because I think that's where we're at. Yeah, everything that we went through and and did with like uh, like Euphoria and the meme pages and Ashley and you know all that kind of stuff, I feel like that really culminated and the whole summer me being in new york i feel like it really culminated in kind of season two season three uh we have an exciting announcement to make uh we are launching a patreon yes we are
1: get fucking pumped you know you should put on some like like sound effects like fucking patreon season baby (laughs) yeah man
0: patreon season this is the season where we get paid you know it's uh you know yes
1: yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, I mean, it was nice and all, like, doing all these, like, free podcasts. But, like, you know, like, it would be nice to just make some money just so we can afford better equipment, afford the, the fucking um, the, the software that we need. I mean, the hardware, if we ever make that much money. Like, it would be nice to, like, actually make this self-sustainable.
0: Well, this is, like, a pure thing. Because at this point, it's, like, if you're giving money to Comtown or you're giving money to Chapo Trap House, which, you know, obviously a lot of people are. I am at this point. But... Like, uh, we could really use the money. (laughs) Like, literally. (laughs) Like, 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 maybe the sound quality of these episodes isn't the best because we're using, like, a free version of Clean Feed. But, like, literally, if you guys paid us, like... I'm not sure what we're going to set the price at. I don't want to say it just yet. But it's going to be lower than $5 a month. And it's going to be a limited time thing. But if you guys give us that amount of money per month, like literally the things will get better. Like we can start an LLC. Like we can like, we can do video. Like we can like, you know what I mean? Use different software. We can get lighting. We can like have a set, like those kind of things. The more you give us money, we, this podcast, it will grow with what you give us and we'll grow with the community. Because if, 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 if anything proves that we are using our money and we're like, actually like serious about this shit, listen to like, listen to like episode, like, um, four or something listen to episode four and then go all the way up and listen to like um like the deaton chris anthony episode or the brain rot episode or i don't know the um the soul glow episode or or the one we did with my bloody uh, virgins like like everything continues to get better the mm. sound gets better the jokes get better the riffing gets better the fucking mic like like the the audio um transitions and shit get better so if anything proves that we we are not full of shit it's if you actually listen to this from start <laughs> to finish, you'll see it, how much better it gets. Mm-hmm. You know, no,
1: yeah, and plus, like, I think, like, like if we're able to like make enough to like be sustainable, uh, yeah, we can and in just invest in like higher quality mics, higher quality um, like platforms, just so like we're able to like kind of just like do, like, I don't know, like, I feel like my attitude towards like, like making money for this page is like, like, I feel like we should invest most of it into the page itself, you know? I agree. Because like, the better content we can make, the, the better for our listeners.
0: I absolutely agree. I mean, investing it back in itself is extremely important. It's, it's, um you have to invest in yourself. That's the most important thing. If you take the money out, inflation is going crazy right now. You know what I mean? Your money is just going to get taken away by like snacks and, you know, like like using it on gas and just like simple things. But if we continue to invest it in the company and continue to like take people's money and like put it towards something that they actually like and that they want, and give give them something that they like and want, like we did with the shirts and like we did with you know this podcast, like like we're like I'm doing with neoliberal hell, like like fulfilling people's uh, wishes and shit. Like I feel like we'll really. Be at a place where we're solid and and where we can kind of sustain ourselves and and after a while not have to work a, a full time job outside of this because that's the that's the real end goal. I mean, using this as the job. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Honestly, if we could do like
1: this page full time, it would be a dream. And like and I feel like we could build really cool things from it. You know that I think like our audience would really enjoy. I mean, and would we could do. Uh, I'm sorry, like. Our audience could really enjoy it, and then we will also enjoy it as well because we're not taking the financial L L on everything that we do. (laughs) And and, and
0: the thing is, neither will they because they'll be they'll be paying for something just like you go to the store and pay for a bag of chips, or you know, and it'll probably be about the same price. That's the funniest thing, Uh, you know. And they'll be getting their money's worth, so it's not a financial risk for them either. So you know what I'm saying? It's a win-win. We're gonna have a fucking uh, um, Discord that's functional. You know what I mean? We're gonna like have a good format. We're most likely gonna have a graphic designer full time. Cross fingers. Like we're really working on some really crazy shit for this page. And honestly, yeah. Like just thinking back to like when we first started this shit, when literally it was like 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 I, <laughs> th- like when we first started this pod, where it's just like four guys recording in different places, like on different like shitty audio headsets, and then we're at, we're just at the point now where it's like, I don't know. We can literally have people on and. We can have, like, fucking lights and good microphones and, like, all that kind of stuff. Like, that's so exciting to me. I don't know. Just like, looking back on what we've done, I'm just, like, so proud of, like, I'm so proud that we stuck with this because, like, we could have stopped at any moment just because of, like, family shit we were going through, breakups we were going through, like, you know what I mean, moving and hard days of work. We could have stopped, but, like, we never stopped, mm. and we just continue to say these crazy-ass ideas out loud. And they manifest themselves. Like, it's just so, it's so insane how true it is. Like, literally we're, literally, we're like a prominent name in music journalism. It's it's insane. Yeah. It, it really is just crazy just how we really came a long
1: way from us just hanging out in my apartment, having a, a crazy idea called anti-art or anti-pitchfork, but soon became anti-art.
2: Yeah. Don't sue us.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's crazy, like, how we just came from just two people who just came up with this idea to hiring interns in the summer to like, you know, like meeting people through the page through like actually having good podcast episodes with great guests who have like very great stories. Like, wow. Like we're closer than I've ever thought we'd get.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I mean, even just like when we were at a uh, John, we were at John's apartment, like kind of like thinking of logos and shit. Like, I didn't have a graphic design app, so I was like, hey, if I want to make a logo, if I want to add depth to this or depth, like, if I wanted to do that, like, I would be making it, like, Snapchat or be making it, like, on Instagram and screenshotting it. It's like, there was literally one time, bro, where, like, I had to make a post and I wanted to have it be, like, the West Side Gun album, but, like, underneath it was, like, some different font and make it look, like, graphically designed. So, I literally made it on Google Docs, went into my closet and took a picture of it so that, there, so that like, the lighting wouldn't be an issue. Like... <laughs> and now it's like we can make logos like like I take a shit. You know what I mean? It's like I make logos literally on the toilet. Like I can make like 100 of them. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy. This is yeah. like unbelievable.
1: Just so you guys know, uh, so we're going to be taking a, a break. Um, so it's probably going to be the last podcast uh, until no- probably mid-November maybe. Uh, I don't know. We don't have a date yet of when we're coming back, but yeah. we will be coming back
0: yeah i'll probably say like before before winter obviously probably before december but you know if if we if we land on something really good and like we're like really cooking with somebody like like on the graphic design front or on the editing front and, and we just need a little bit more time to like you know cultivate it then we're, we'll take off to like december like whatever like honestly like whatever it will like if, if, if something arises where it's like like we have an opportunity to do some crazy shit like we'll take as long as we need because you know now we're a production we're not just like some sort of a show and we're not just like some sort of a random review page on instagram we're like literally have a blog we have a podcast we have like stands like we have a discord
2: like, we
1: actually have a brand
0: yeah <laughs> exactly that we built you know yeah that we built from the ground up and nobody can ever take that away from us like Even Instagram, when they ban us, like, they can't take that away from us because we have a website and we have, like, literally, we have real friends that we met through this. Like, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's been a crazy ride and I can't wait to see what season five has in store. Season
2: five, (laughs)
0: season eight.
1: Season eight. You know what? Season 100. (laughs) The next season is going to be season 100. Every episode, every episode's uh, two seasons at least. Absolutely. <laughs> every episode is two seasons? Wait, what? Yes, every episode is two seasons. <laughs> and so, the, what are we on? Episode, uh, yes, season 140. No, it's 152. <laughs> Jesus seasons. That's wild. Bro, by the time we're done with this page, we're going to have more episodes than Joe
0: Rogan. That's mind bending. We literally could, though. That's a fun. Uh, anyway, maybe we'll. <laughs> well, let's transition to the, uh, interview slash, uh, September albums recap with, uh, Our ex-cowboy, our boy, 8th to one official, uh, formerly known as. So I'm going to do a a quick uh, segment with him. Actually, probably it'll be like a 40-minute segment, so not quick, but... back from our previous segment here um i'm here with a returning guest for the podcast it's a, technically he's a three-time returning guest because the episode that we had um got deleted by me um because i'm a dumbass uh welcome back to the podcast um rx cowboy how you doing
2: what's
4: good I, i'd prefer if you'd refer to me as anti-art cowboy
0: oh okay all right next hour <laughs> hell yeah okay anti-art cowboy uh, uh aka or fka rather a twin official um <laughs> made the transition over uh it's been seems to have been worth it i, I think i think uh, the audience has, has carried over for the most part people are really feeling what you did uh, for people who don't know and who don't listen to the show has but um it's it's smaller now for a reason i'll get into in a second but basically he had a uh, you can explain it right you can explain it go ahead sorry <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah um i started a john cryer fan page had about 20 yes. followers was trying to was trying to sell people um, a bootleg copy of a reunion episode of Two and a Half Men. <laughs> Didn't get any buyers. Switched it over to Apex Twin Official. Grew to over twenty k, and then pulled a bait and switch. Um, started promoting my own music, <laughs> um, and I guess that's kind of that's kind of the progression of. How I have a fan base, <laughs> and uh, yeah, some people have left, but some people have stuck around. I think it's definitely, I think the transition was definitely worth it. Um, I actually am in contact with a lot more like actual like artists rather than people who just want to say stupid shit in my DMs. Um, people are the people that are simping are now simping over me, not Dick James. <laughs> so I guess that's 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 a little perk. Yeah, that's a good
0: um, perk. Nah, I I mostly ignore all of them, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the Simps can the Sims are good, like the, it's it's almost like um if, if none of them if nobody if no if no Simps were around, that would suck. But you know, too many Simps or just any Simps at all is also kind of annoying. So you you know you can't live with them, you can't live without them. But obviously people are very very receptive to it. And you still also, we're able to retain the Apex Twin official, but you moved it over to a uh, different account. So
4: yeah, my backup, which was <coughs> Heavy Apex w. Twink official. I also, I also acquired the Apex Twink official name when I <laughs> you
0: did you got that one
4: back? Yeah, yeah. I haven't done anything with it yet, but I'm planning to at some point.
0: Oh my god, I have a bunch of pictures of Blade where he looks like Apex Twink. So I'm gonna send those. <laughs> I'll send those over to you, and maybe we can do something.
4: I've I've seen the pictures. I know what you're talking about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean bro i that was so funny i got we will get in. we're gonna get into some some new music in a second but i just wanted to say like um <laughs> i think it's so funny how how like the circumstances of me getting those pictures like I i was able to get a press pass for the drain gang show i was one of like two photographers there and the other photographer had a giant camera he was very respectful of everything going on stage no flash like there was so much smoke and this guy was just like um conforming to their aesthetic kind of and just like keeping it mysterious me on the other hand i had a fucking <laughs> point and click and i was just hitting them with flash over and over and over again and then once i got the pictures i like turned blade into like majin boo like, <laughs> I, just, like <laughs> I just made him like pink like completely pink like i was just really fucking with them like i don't know i was like it was almost like a prank um there was one point in the show actually where echo 2k um grabbed my wrist because i was taking too many pictures with flash and he wagged his finger at me and i was <laughs> oh my god moment. yeah i'll always remember that moment
4: that is a moment. It's it's always a moment when a celebrity's mad at you. This is this does not relate to Drain Gang, but uh, one time I I made Earl Sweatshirt mad at me. Oh, tell it. Do tell. Uh, <laughs> so uh, do you? I don't know if you remember. There was just like this video a few years back. Um, I was like seventeen when this happened too. <laughs> um, I got like VIP tickets to see him on tour. I got some rap songs on vinyl signed and everything. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I just, I saw him on the street outside Urban Outfitters. Um, <laughs> Great start to
0: the story. I'm <laughs> sure he's so happy to see you. Well,
4: well, okay, uh, I I forgot. So, you know, there was like a video going around of some like, you know, fan like being like, yo, Earl, what's up? And then like, and they like <laughs> yeah. get the fuck out of my face and hitting the phone out of the kid's
0: hand. Yeah, which looked like the cover of some rap songs, actually, like <laughs> like the blurred, the blurred Earl video.
4: Yeah, no, no, it it really did. Um, but so so this was like maybe the week that that came out, and I went up to Earl, and I had no fucking idea what to say to him. Um, and literally it came out exactly like this. I said, "Uh, do you want to hit my phone out of my hand?" <laughs> <laughs> what he <you> said that <laughs> he said, well, he said no, <laughs> and then I was like, uh, "Sorry, that was just a joke." And then he was like, "That's a bad joke, man." <laughs> and then I'm in the, I'm in the like a circle with his crew. I'm just stunned. I'm just standing there. Um, like Black Noise was there. Uh, Baby Mother was there. Baby Mother. <laughs> was just like what the fuck are you still doing here and then i walked away and oh god. and then and the everyone in the vip line was like how did it go and i was like horrible
0: <laughs> it went great <laughs> i
4: said it went good
0: <laughs> god damn is that so, is that something that you cherish or is that something that keeps you up and wakes you up at 4 a.m with sweat or is it something in the middle
4: you know i I, it's something in the middle i think it's a funny story um actually though it kind of made me like respect earl a little bit more because he's just like that's kind of how you would expect him to act in that situation and i don't know he he's real for sure i'm sure i mean if i were in his shoes i would have done the same shit i was just some annoying 17 year old kid
0: i'm sure he has hundreds of uh, quirked up 17-year-old white boys coming up to them every day and saying something to that effect so, <laughs> I, so uh, not to say that you're not special but if you ever feel like you're you're cringing like ah oh, I shouldn't have whatever blah blah, blah blah he's probably had a lot of interactions like that and at least you didn't get your phone smacked out of your hand so you know that's good right it,
4: it would be it would be a better story if that <laughs> did happen Got him on video <laughs> for the clout
0: <laughs> um, but yeah before we get into new music uh, that's come out in the past couple weeks cuz for some reason uh, on the week on the, the the time that we decide we want to take a break uh, every artist is like you know what i'm gonna drop my album um before we get into that um i wanted to talk to you about your new album a little bit i guess it's your technically your debut from the rx cowboy name um it's called castles uh it's very very good i enjoy quite a bit of it it has kind of that not not death grip sound but it has that like andy morin kind of like cross between industrial and like like more danceable electronic music as well as kind of like uh very like chaotic and like scatterbrained like lyric lyrical content it's very very good i i i've been listening to it quite a bit since we uh had that deleted episode so maybe you can get into like the recording process of it and um and maybe how long it took and uh you know maybe some of your favorite songs on there
4: uh man thank you um yeah i worked on that project for I think a little too long um however I'm like happy with how it came out so I guess um I guess it it worked out I worked on it for about seven months I started it like right when I moved to Minnesota back in December and um yeah I guess a lot of it was um a lot of it was like sample based. Mm-hmm. Um, I I did use some MIDI. I think a lot of the um, album process was really just trying my best to get as good, or just to become as good of a producer as I could be. Um, you know, I mean, I'm always trying to get better, and I I think that that was an album that I'd always really wanted to make. Um, something that was important to me is that i wanted it to be um like as in your face as a punk album Mm -hmm. as cool as like a hip-hop album and as dynamic as an electronic album um and i think that i did a decent job of mashing those kind of worlds together um while still maintaining some originality um but I, i feel like it's kind of my sound i mean there's definitely a lot of influences, and I think you can hear all the influences on the record, but I think I did a decent job at, uh, at trying to get it to be, you know, just like my own unique thing as well.
0: Uh, I'd, I'd say I'd, I'd agree with you, and I think, honestly, pretty much every debut album that I've ever listened to has an element of influence in it. And I think that's really important to kind of um, get your influences under one roof and then kind of synthesize it into just like a a sound that's all your own. I mean, like the new Jockstrap record, for instance, does that really well. There's a lot of sounds that, there's a lot of things on there that sound like Portishead, clearly. There's a lot of things that sound, there's a song that literally sounds like a Joni Mitchell song. Um, Then you get some like more hyped up kind of electronic, like cinematic music. So there's definitely, you can hear the influences in it, but at the end of the day, it's a concise, like succinct kind of product that's all your own. And yeah, I definitely feel that about your album when I listen to songs like Exploits, when I listen to songs like Factory, uh, when I listen to the last song Diamond, which I really like a lot that I'm probably going to use as some transition music uh, in here. Your new album is, is really, really good. Um, I have this track that I've been
4: working on for a while. I, I have this Instagram group called The AFEX Simps. It's got like nine people who, you know, it's got like some of my like real life friends then uh like some people that were blowing up my dms when i was apex twin official yeah (laughs) yeah and i just threw them all in the chat and we've actually all become really good friends and almost everyone in the chat does something musically Mm. so um i'm dropping this track called wrist it'll probably be my last single of the year and then i also want to get you know as many people that are in that group on the track as possible
0: that's a cool idea i like that like a collective would it would it be more of like a vocal thing or more of like uh just like they'll touch it up and do some some different like instrumental stuff to it
4: yeah well um so the the beat is from <laughs> the beat is from this dude named uh ramen noodle um that's his that's his legal name um his artist name is fish legs oh okay <laughs> um and then my friend uh chris melted slush is gonna be on it um has a vocal part on it um iggy's gonna do some vocals and i got some other people that are gonna do some vocals and that'll be like a second version it'll be like a, a remix of the track ah, okay
0: that's cool yeah. I, I like this um there's like a new wave of like collectives going around and i feel like that's a cool way to to do that i mean it, i it really throws it back to kind of like the odd future era where it's like you listen to this Tyler song and then you hear like some guy named Frank Ocean on there and you're like, who the fuck is this guy? And then it's like, oh my God, he's amazing. So I like that idea of kind of putting on uh, different people in the collective. Um, I see that also with the Anonymous Club, like the Shane Oliver thing that uh, he's been doing, kind of mixing fashion and live performance and music and stuff. So, you know, if if that's what you're going for, I think that's a, a good idea, like to continue to collaborate with your own like circle of people and that kind of stuff. I think that's, I think that'll yield some really cool results for you.
4: Yeah, and I love that. I I honestly well, you said this on a podcast one time. Um, I have no idea which one you said it on, but you said something about like not really liking when an artist has like outsiders on a track. You know, like just some like random person. Like if the features for like clout or something like that. Oh yeah, or, yeah. And and I don't like that either. Um, I really feel like if I'm going to be working with someone, it has to be someone that you know is similar to me and i've like really want to work with or it has to be somebody that i'm actually you know somewhat acquainted with Um, i think that that's important otherwise i don't think the i don't know if the track can be as timeless otherwise
0: yeah because it's almost like uh, you're you're directing a movie and then throughout the movie you're like uh, you're showing like clips of like other movies or something like that i don't know like things that are like tangentially connected but it's like bringing those onto the track just makes them take over the track like like bringing a big feature on or bringing somebody on who's not connected to you or somebody just just for the cloud and just for the name alone not for like the artistic vision yeah that can definitely lead to some like some like flop kind of moments but i think yeah i think if you have a rapport with people and you're working with them they kind of just become like an extension of you in a way and and you and then vice versa so yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more tracks from, from you for sure. And I'm, as we get a little bit bigger and, and maybe a little bit more funding like in the next year or two years, I'm definitely looking forward to doing like a more uh, in-depth kind of like profile uh, on you and that kind of stuff, like more going into the music and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm oh, excited yeah, for sure. I'm I ex- love
4: actually though, <laughs> sorry to cut you off. No, right. I, I love that. Uh, I, I guess I'm in a way can be can talk about my artistry on here but also i i feel like a a guest not like i'm being interviewed you know
0: oh yeah i got well yeah you're you're a friend at this point man like we talk yeah. in dms all the time yeah, you've been on before so yeah for sure that that's that's what it's all about that's why the, the last episode was really fun and really good even though it got deleted i wish i wish people could hear it in some form but yeah like um yeah that's why that episode was good because it was just we we're just kind of shooting the shit right
4: yeah, t- talking about 9-11. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, talking about the 9-11 party. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> Definitely move on to these new releases here. Uh, I have a small running list. Um, the you know, first one that you had mentioned was the Rena Sawayama album. I, there was a couple other albums I wanted to talk about before that, but as I was thinking about it more and more, my opinions of it really started to kind of like form. And um, the way that I see this this new Rena Sawayama album, her last album, I, it was very deeply personal and kind of in a way that you were saying where it's like the influences are heavy, but it's kind of a sound all her own sawayama was definitely that it was like you can hear the the 90s influences the spice girls you can hear there was almost a song that sounded like a high school musical two song like it was very nostalgic very poppy very uk very like that kind of music and then you move on to this one and i I feel like what happened honestly is that the soul kind of went away and she kind of tried to do more of like a, a thing where i don't know she she tried to do a thing where like like that mitski and charlie xcx did this year where they kind of took the personal and and fk twigs do and kind of took took the personal thing out of it and just wanted to make quote-unquote like fun pop music and um i think it resulted in an album where i think it resulted in a flop to be completely honest
4: yeah um god sadly because even like like i've been a fan for rena for a minute now like since the pandemic i saw her earlier this year um she actually played one of the songs off this album at the show and everything Mm. um i don't know um i i feel like she's always been one of my favorite pop artists but uh and there's like a little stretch um of tracks in here that are like actually pretty solid um I, i think that hold the girl Um, While I'm not necessarily a huge fan of the stylistic direction, I think that that's a really great track, like it's quality. Um, Mm -hmm. Then the stretch of like Holy to Frankenstein, those all kind of gave me, you know, a similar feel for how like her last record kind of was. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I would not say it's better than any of the tracks um, on there. Um I I don't know. I think one of the things too is that she it it felt to me that she really wanted to show off like her vocal technicality on this record. Yeah. And honestly, when it comes to music, I don't really care if somebody's technically proficient in anything. You know, I'd rather hear somebody who's not technically proficient but is making really quality songs yeah like charlie
0: Um, like charlie her voice is not or shy girl we'll get into her later but neither of them have the most dynamic voices of all time but it's the people they surround themselves with and the songwriting that really that really sells it right
4: exactly and was was clarence clarity on this record a
0: a few songs he was on phantom which i like a lot he was on frankenstein which i like quite a bit as well (laughs) but he's uh he's missing from a lot of these songs and i think that's i wrote that in my review too i really think that's that's what is sorely missing she she, she did kind of what what you are saying, where like what you were just saying before, where it's kind of like instead of sticking with your friends, you kind of just like, oh, you're like, oh, let me get the big pop producer because I want to make the big pop album. And then it just kind of ends up like they, like they don't know how to treat her vocals. They don't know what to do with her her style, like I feel like in a, in a way that Clarence Clarity does and in a way that like uh, Sego Bodega does like for for, um, for Shy Girl. You know what I mean?
4: Oh, I can't even wait to get into <laughs> yeah, it's <so> talking <laughs> about that collaboration. <laughs> we'll,
0: get into, we'll get into that in a, <laughs> a second but uh
4: yeah i mean some of the tracks too also just feel like you know some shit that i'd be like <laughs> you know i might be like walking around like marshall's or ross and it would be playing
0: yeah oh man like hold the girl like i love the i think the um the intro to it is very lady gaga-esque in a way that i i don't like but uh how, however i think the way that um <clears throat> she i don't know i like the melody is really good i like the build-up and then that like, I don't know, that like piano house like yeah thing that comes in, I don't know. That's kind of it feels kind of goofy to me. It's growing on me, but it feels a bit goofy. Something about this album is like it has such good moments and it just gets cut by like something that I don't like or something generic. I don't I don't know. It's just um it, like like even the album cover, right? It's like all the single covers are amazing. And then you get this album cover where it's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it looks like she like pooped her pants. Like, I don't know what is going on here
4: yeah um no and, I, <laughs> and I, i'm i glad that you uh mentioned lady gaga because like when i've been talking with friends about it because I, I have other friends that are like in arena and i'm just like it, it almost feels like ever since that lady Ga- gaga yes, collaboration yeah she's been like trying to do the lady gaga thing and i'm just like nah Arena, like like you she she's always just been so on top of like having you know some of the best melodies some of the most interesting production with really cool very dynamic very different influences and just meshed it all together so well and this album just does not do that
0: it's crazy because Sawayama is literally better than any lady gaga album that's ever come out and uh, and, and she rivals her vocally that's the craziest shit where it's like literally like she probably had her on that album because she's like oh like i need to because because she's like the best pop star out like like she's like one of the most prominent pop stars so it's like let me get her on the remix album and it's like why would you like you know what i'm saying like why you're better than you you have the you have you're not better than her yet but it's like you have the uh the ability to make good quality albums and keep improving your voice to the point where literally you can surpass her with your discography and like she just failed like because she she succumbed to that like that idea of like i need to be like her i don't know like it just sounds like gaga like karaoke Uh, like this hell sounds like just like a lady gaga like ripoff like
4: yeah, I, this hell is. Ugh, I hate that track.
0: I hate it so much. That was the first single too, and I was so excited for this album. And when I heard that single the first time, I was like, "This album's gonna suck." That's <laughs> like, exactly. That's
4: exactly how I felt. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, it's so It's seriously like okay, and you know, you want to know what the like craziest thing is? Is that there are some songs that are, I can listen to this. Like I I could listen to this album front to back. Um, like it's not it's not the worst album ever however the drop in quality from rena or sawayama to hold the girl mm-hmm. is just that much to the point where it makes it even worse than the album would be you know
0: yeah like like yeah i agree um but but i guess the silver lining is it didn't flop so hard so i think she has an opportunity to come back but the thing is like I don't I don't know what people are like I don't know what is getting to her or not getting to her like like I don't like I don't know if she's gonna have an Eminem moment where she realizes that people hated the album and she'll make a follow-up album like I don't think that's gonna happen for because for her I think that she thinks this album is good she probably thinks that this is like her breakout moment she probably sees the show selling out she probably sees the Metacritic score which is like 80 or something like that so it's like it's quote-unquote doing well but nobody's talking about this album like like the the groups of people like she used to be such a fixture in like the meme uh spamming community on instagram where it's like oh you just spam bjork and fk or fk twigs fk twigs's face and it guarantees you like two thousand likes now it's like i don't i haven't seen arena meme in a year and she has a album out like you know like she's lost that that cultural currency and i think in order to get it back she's going to need to make a a better album straight up
4: Nah, you're just spitting facts
0: (laughs) (laughs) but you know who did make a really good uh pop album that will help her rise in the cultural currency and continue to to Expand her in that universe, fucking Shy Girl. Give it Fuck. up, for fucking Shy Girl. <laughs> I like it when
2: you say
4: business. I like it when you say business. That is i think i told you that is my favorite record of the year
0: really oh shit okay
4: i have listened to that album every single day that it's came out and i think there were a couple days i listened to it even more than once
0: damn night uh, good so what makes it the album of the year for you because for me it's very good i gave it a b and it might go up to like a b plus uh, with with a bit of time but what uh it's up there for me it's definitely like the top 20 but for for you what makes it like uh like a top album of the year contender um well number one i
4: i I will point out my bias um if in if the first track on an album is um you know like if the first track is just outstanding then i'm going to like have for the rest of the record i'm going to have a more positive
0: ah okay um, no i fuck with that for sure yeah
4: but on top of that firefly which is right in the middle of the track list um that i would say that that's my favorite single of the year i would have said that even Ooh. if this album sucked you know it's um,
0: crazy come for me is my favorite single of the year oh
4: my god and that one that one's great too yeah um
0: firefly I mean, it's it's those ones those ones go neck uh go neck and neck for me because firefly is so good like the way the way they treat her the way sega and who and blood pop treat her vocals on that song it's it makes her sound like um you know that like eiffel 65 song like uh i'm blue da ba, dee da, ba da you ever hear that song
4: yes yes of course
0: like when he's like the blue window or whatever like like they really fuck around with the vocals that's what it reminds me of i don't know why (laughs) (laughs) it kind of it kind of reminded me
4: of uh of crystal castles a little bit yeah 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 Um,
0: i can see that which
4: i don't know this there's so many things that could be said about this album but i just think it's i think it's amazing um I, i think that this is also um kind of in a way which he has great work but almost a breakout moment for sega bodega just as much mm. as it is for shy girl um i think that sega bodega's best production happens on this record and he's on like 10 tracks it yeah. has even some like like he does the hook for slut um oh he did I, he, d- he sung the hook yeah yeah i'm pretty <sighs> sure that's I him had no idea um and there were a couple other moments where i noticed um some like background vocals as well um but god whoa i think is i think that is actually my favorite track on the album mm. the just the effects that are on her vocals are amazing her vocal style almost reminds me of Imogen heap a little bit on that track mm, i can see and, that yeah. and then that like weird like part in the middle of the track um i don't, I don't know that's so cool come for me amazing schlutt amazing her her rapping uh, she doesn't rap as much on this record but when she does her flow is good i like the lyrics the rapping is just tight um
0: uh yeah i mean i was such a big fan of that um alias ep and i i i um i'm i'm happy i'm happy it's like a double-edged sword i'm happy that she didn't give us like more just all just more of the same I'm happy it wasn't just a record of like bde or something or like freak where it's just like you know bend me over and fuck me on the carpet like like as much as i would have liked 10 12 tracks of that um like like it it was nice to hear her do different things with her sound like like on like heaven um beautiful fucking song i mean oh yeah that's like that song i can listen to infinitely like i love the way that the the it opens up with those oceans like coming in and, and and her voice is like so like uh quirky and like it like a like a sprite like fairy or some shit and it's beautiful but then before that you have like coochie which is which is a little bit dirty but a little bit like in that kind of same like heavenly kind of vein where the whole song is her just talking about coochie and it's just, <laughs> but it's like so like sweet and like it's it's called coochie a bedtime story but it's, it literally is something you can probably like fall asleep to and it's like a lullaby kind of in a weird way
4: it's weird how like that track sounds like extremely innocent but it's also one of the most sexual tracks on the record
0: yeah <laughs> it's a good one i mean honestly like the, the the thing i like about shy girl so much more than so many like more than a lot of other people uh is just the way that she uses her sexuality like and i i see this in uh the same with earth eater it's kind of like like I don't think that pop stars are meant to just be sexualized like are meant to be like sexual like figures or meant to be like just like sexual objects is more the, the word I was looking for so it's like when, when Charlie makes music or whatever I, like I it, it shouldn't it doesn't factor t- her being hot does, it, it factors into the music but not too much and I kind of almost feel bad like giving her higher grades because I think she's hot or something but like shy girl is like no like I am hot and like I am singing about my sexuality and it's very overt and it's like I want you to want me and i want you to like think about like me like while you're listening to the album and like being with me and shit it's like it's really it's really a interesting like parasocial kind of effect maybe that's just maybe i'm just projecting because i like i think she's hot but like <laughs> i don't know like like just listening to like her alias ep and just listening to to, to coochie and like heaven and and all these kinds of songs and sh- and like slut or whatever <laughs> or slut i think that like she really she really hones in on that effect and she really like is she, she does it so well like i don't i don't know like she does it so much better than anybody else out like that 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 way of uh uh that way of like making music you know what i mean
4: yeah i've always i've always thought
0: that she had like
4: i i've always thought that she that was something that she did better than just like really anybody else's like when she raps her voice is so cool and like chill and But I don't know but like it also feels like she has control of you as the listener yes um yes (laughs) she
0: does (laughs) (laughs) she very much does
4: yeah and I, I think that's why like her sexual bars um they just feel they feel like very natural they feel I don't know I don't know she's just there's just something about side
0: girl (laughs) <laughs> there's just something there's just something about her but uh yeah um i mean i i think that again i think that uh she wouldn't be upset with us saying this and and like especially bde like i can that's just really like that was like like a like a bait like she was just like really like wanting us to 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 get into that world i feel like
4: oh yeah (laughs) i was re-listening to that track earlier today that was like
0: the peak of her her crazy like slut phase or whatever and then now she's like kind of she kind of toned it down a bit but not too much to the point where it's like completely gone Uh, she just really did like i think if you never heard a shy girl song or anything and you listen to this album i can totally see this being like like holy shit like this is the future of music or something like that like i can totally see that and i i mean even just as someone who's a big fan of her like I, I think I think that she's people like her are the future of pop music. I think people who do, who do these interesting things.
4: I mean, it's directly influ- This this sound has directly influenced me. Like the way that I've been. I mean, it's only been out for what, like five days. But the way that, like, since it dropped, um, I've been just like programming my synths a little bit differently. Mm. Um, I really like the drums on this record as well. Um, and like the like the rim shots on there. I just sounds so good um
0: she just proves that you can be dark and you can be nocturnal and you can even be a little bit scary and a little bit like imposing but still like be like sexy and like have like dreamy qualities to the sound like it doesn't yeah. have to all be dark like that's what i like about her so much
4: yeah no nah, and the, i think this album is I, I mean you know i'm not gonna say that i think something else could come out and maybe be better but up to this point i think that this is my favorite album i've heard this year this is the only album that it's just like i just can't stop fucking listening to
0: it um yeah it's infectious for sure um but yeah i guess moving on to the next album another yeah. another person i see is the future of pop music um definitely i mean like he used to be more of a rapper but like the the more and more i've seen him live and like uh, the way i see him covered, the way i see his photo shoots and um just the way that he's been moving with his collective this year the new blade album i think is also very significant and i think this is another album where if this is a if this is your entry point into blade i think you can totally look at this and be like this is the future of music like this is the future of pop music
4: Yeah, and I think that, hey, God, that just like his fucking production. I, I mean, okay. Have you noticed? I feel like the this year specifically feels like the breakout year for Blade. I mean, I, I yeah, I'd definitely. Always no, 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 no question. Of, no question. He, he'd always just been kind of like, like I, I'd listen to him like here and there, and he'd been like kind of like a meme. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like if you listen to Blade, you're, you know, you're just like a a seventeen year old virgin or some shit like that um but (laughs) you know you know like that was like the the stereotype um but he's i don't know like now i feel like this really is the future of pop music um i feel like so many people are ripping off blade now and and doing really good jobs of it as well yeah um like i i mean it's not even at a point where it feels like rip off it almost feels like to a point where they are just drain gang as a whole are just directly influencing a lot of artists. Oh, well, a well, lot like, of other... like
0: like, like having on shy girls album, it sounds like an echo 2k song. You know what I mean? It yeah, sounds yeah, like yeah. a blade song. Like I can totally see it. And, and yeah, they're, they're making great stuff with it. I agree with you.
4: And the beats that they have are just, I don't know. I, I feel like the beats that drain gang has are next level.
0: <laughs> well, again, it's like, uh, this is a common theme that we can continue to talk about through that. We can continue to talk about throughout this episode. Like, um these are these are pretty much like pandemic pop stars the way you see them like rena like really blew up during the pandemic i loved her music i loved her music really because it it sounded like live concerts i was like i missed going to rock concerts and when i listened to that i'm like i'm at a rock concert but then same with shy girl where it's like you know she she, her album came out in 2020 that was her breakout but it's like she had she couldn't break out because we were literally quarantined same with blade it's like blade and drain gang like like the fool exeter like e like all these really top-notch albums were kind of coming around coming out around the same time and people were really sitting with them and then once you popped out of the pandemic you can kind of do, you 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 can kind of be the pop star you want it to be and the and the audience is built in cuz everybody wants to go see concerts and you know be attached to something and, and have a community and stuff like that and i think what shy girl and blade have done better than rena is they really just like nailed down their collective nailed down their like group of producers that they always work with nailed down their merch people like their aesthetic like they continue to work with the same people and uh continue to move in these circles where where uh it it's mutually supportive so for blade uh for instance it's uh like white armor and good and and people like that uh who continue to move with him or like like he made the uh collaboration album with echo 2k this year with white armor like it's just this um it's it feels like a real building block advancement of the sound it's almost like if you're playing like skyrim or like dark souls it's like it's like continuing to put more armor on continuing to like build your character rather than like start a new save every time you play like that's kind of how i feel it that's kind of what i feel like rena did rather than blade you know
4: yeah yeah that's i think that's a good way to put it um (laughs) yeah i I think that um something that is also just like super beneficial with you know shy girl continuing her work with sega bodega blade continuing his work with the producers is that really like when you work with somebody for a long period of time, rather than, you know, like, always starting fresh, you know, you're growing as artists together. Yes. You only, it's almost, it's almost like a band. However, you don't, you're not, like, as bound to being in a band or, like, not as bound to like having to compromise with someone else's vision no i Um, I agree
0: with you it's a great it's yeah that makes a lot of sense because like uh when i saw when i saw um blade and echo and um tie like the drain gang show like they have really felt like a boy band but then they would break off and kind of do their own little songs like echo would do his song and blade would do his famous song and you know Tybo would do like his famous like uh song so it was like kind of they kind of all understand that they're solo acts but they can come together and fucking take the take the world over at any at any point or any moment you know
4: god i'm so fucking jealous i had i had tickets to see them in denver but i had to
0: sell them oh no I'm sorry about that but um, <laughs> but they'll come back around i mean they're they're like you said they're blown up so i've seen them they've done they've done so many shows this summer They'll they'll come back you'll be okay yeah. i'll be okay you'll see them <laughs> you'll see them one day
4: <laughs> one day one day
0: one glorious day one one glorious day you'll see blade and he'll be like uh i don't even know what kind of music he'll be on at that point he'll be doing some i, I like that they're prolific too because um you know i so really miss people like death grips like just putting out albums whenever and they're all fire like blade blade will just put out like two albums a year like and they're fire and it's fire like i love that i love that as well i really like artists that well you know
4: i, w- I was thinking about this the other day and it's, like, really... Because, uh, you know, like, Death Grips have taken, you know, a, a break for, what, like, four, almost five years now?
0: Uh, 2018. Yeah, almost five. Almost five years.
4: Well, th- the thing about being, like, prolific is that really... And and Aphex Twin, you know, can also, like, in a way be put into this category because, you know, I mean, he had so many records in the 90s, even if they weren't under his own name. But if, when you put out so much shit you know you kind of get to a point where you can just stop and say i don't have to even put out work anymore and really you can just i don't know work for yourself again because i feel like that's definitely something that no matter what like you know like so many artists their first album is their best album not everyone is like that of course Mm -hmm. but i think that partially once there is a listener base, you can't really take away that completely in your head. Um, so that that's going to be the most pure sound. And now I'm kind of going on
0: a tangent. Um, no, I understand. I I have a, a good you know understanding of what you're saying. But um, the thing I like about Blade is that his to me, I mean, like like real drainers, quote unquote, would be like uh, his first you know ever since this is his best album. But honestly, my favorite album is, of his is The Fool which came out last year and he's been making music since like 2010 so the thing i like about blade so much is that he really stayed true to his sound despite all the hate and despite like fantano giving him ones and you know music publications not taking him seriously and people memeing him and all that kind of he just like kind of just did his own thing he just doesn't give a shit like he just doesn't look at the criticism doesn't care doesn't 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 talk to his fans online doesn't he's he's like similar to cardi in that way where it's just like i'm just gonna move with my crew and make my good music and this music is good and it's gonna come out whenever the fuck i want it to and it's gonna and you're gonna like it like and that's it like and he's just continued to move on and continue to advance his sound without without uh it being hampered and without it being fucked around with by um his his fan base you know what i mean like he's He's not. I don't think he's looking to satisfy the fans. I think he's looking to to advance him to advance advance himself to like the the best artist that he can be, and and have his crew, um, follow him along and, and also be the best artist that they can be. So I really love that about Blade. I think that he's definitely the future of, of pop music for sure, so, uh, with Shy Girl as well. But um, I wanted to touch on a point that you said basically with with uh like Death Grips, where it's like you're so prolific that you can kind of stop and and be like, I'm happy. Uh, um, <clears throat> they he, Blade has probably made like 10 albums by now. I was thinking about this and now like you look at Bjork and she's on her 10th album and she's like how old is she? She must be like 50 something, maybe 55 or 52 or something and it's like it's it's really crazy the the um the way that like old school music and new school music um the differences between them because older people like fiona apple probably has like five albums out or something right but it's like death grips has has only been around since 2010 and they have like 12 albums out, say so it's kind of really interesting to see like uh newer newer bands like the way that their discographies grow so quickly but but um i'm really happy to see this new bjork album after all this time because um because rather than just be prolific i think what bjork uh and people like her have the privilege of doing best is really locking down and finding an aesthetic, finding a sound and really just like making the album that they uh, want to make they need to make and and taking all their experience from their past albums and their you know uh, and, and making something incredible um you know Bjork is a real like legacy act and I think that this new album of hers feora while not her best is definitely um, d- definitely a W in her discography I would say Um, so yeah, the new Bjork album, the thing that I like the most about it is that, um, again, she is able to really, um, be selective about the sound that she wants at this point because she has a built-in audience, you know, Bjork, uh, Bjork, Bjork was before streaming, before Spotify, before YouTube. She was, she, she, like Fiona Apple is a very traditional, Uh, music artist in 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 the sense that she had to confine to record labels and these kinds of things and while certainly i'm sure that she wanted to make certain music and the record label was like no i think what that really did for her is build up a a, um, a classic um body of work and body of singles that uh really helped her come to prominence and also kind of helped her hone uh, right. what oh i was just kind of talking about how bjork she's been along. she's been around so long and she's been in the record industry for such a long time that um she she was around before spotify and before streaming and uh, she was around at a time like we're a post where like kind of the singles were king and like uh record labels really like pushed for like six singles and uh that, like six or seven singles or whatever and I-, I was saying now that she's kind of at the point where she's independent and she's able to kind of hone the quality control of someone who who's forced to make seven singles but she has the experience and the vocal range and the uh, I don't I don't want to say clout but more of like the kind of prestige and more of the legacy act status where she can kind of make the album that she wants to make rather than the album the label wants to make and I think with this album she really outdid herself.
4: Yeah, I mean, honestly the first time I put on this record, um I was I don't know if it was just my mood, but I was not really a fan of it. Um Mm-hmm. i I was just I, I guess i was like kind of feeling like it was it was too similar to um a sound that she'd stuck to before but really like i gave it on my second listen i i fucking love this record um just the she experiments so much with this sound that she's created and she's perfected um and i i mean there's so many interesting elements to get into here like i don't know there's some there's some really weird drums on this album there's just a lot of cool vocal parts um and i guess i don't really know too much about the um the mushroom concept but Mm -hmm. um but no i just think that i i kind of got that feeling um (laughs) that i I felt very connected with the plants from this record
0: (laughs) (laughs) right hold on some of the drums some of the drums <laughs> so fucking good oh my god wild um yeah i mean the pl- the the mushroom concept of the album the way that I, I was reading a lot of interviews that she did before and kind of looking into what like mushrooms kind of mean to her because you know she's very into plants and she's very into like uh like venus flytraps is a big like symbol for her throughout her career like um just pretty much anything that looks like a vagina is like her big like thing like sexual <laughs> like the, this kind of like fusion of um this fusion of like, you know, sexual imagery with, with plants, but the, but more overarching and more less specific for Bjork, the main th- her main thesis and everything that she's always wanted to do since post is this idea of nature meeting with um, tech um, technology. So it's like kind of like this like anarchic, like, you know, let the, let the plants r- uh, grow, f- grow freely and like be uninhibited with this kind of like very opposite, like, like robots and, and elect and hard electronics. And with every album, she kind of she's able to kind of capture that. Well, so with Post, like she has like a song where um, I think it's Isobel, where it's pretty much like it sounds like a Mad Max kind of like foresty thing, but it, it gets into tech. Then we have like I Miss You, where it has kind of like the like tribal drums mixed with like, you know, uh, like like UK Garage or like something like that. And then you move on to Homogenic, where it mixes the sounds like vol- the volcanic sounds of um, Iceland with like Trip Hop. And then you have like like as as you as you continue to get into her discography more. I mean, even like Utopia is like a really prime example. Her last album with uh, Arca, it's like she mixes all these bird noises and with these like really it, the bird noises themselves are electronic. So that's kind of the real fusion of the electronic and the wild. And then this album, she never really got into mushrooms. Mushrooms was never a symbol that she really um, that she really developed or got into. But for me, the mushroom symbolism is um, this idea that mushroom the, the way that she put it essentially is that mushrooms um they don't have roots and they grow very quickly and they multiply very quickly and they're they're self-sufficient and they're very mysterious in lots of ways um they're they're one of like the earth's uh, greatest mysteries in a way so i feel um the way that she frames this album essentially is that um her and her her collaborators and the people around her are like a bunch of mushrooms and her family um, are like a bunch of kind of mushrooms and like certain mushrooms will fall off and die, but they'll like, they'll repurpose themselves. The decay of the, the mushroom will kind of research, repurpose itself kind of into like the dirt. And that's where you get like sorrowful soil where it's like her mother is dying. But at, at the end of the day, she has to realize, she kind of realizes that like her mother dying is going to kind of like uh, give, give back to the earth in a way. Uh, literally, because she, her body will decay and then it'll give back to the dirt, which will grow different things, and also her stories and and you know her unique perspective and the fact that she made Bjork. I mean, like, <laughs> will give back to the earth tenfold. So uh, she has you know um she has her daughter on here, she has her son on here for the first time. So it's just this kind of idea that um it's like a whole mushroom family, and it's this kind of idea that mushrooms uh while they don't necessarily grow roots. By the end of the album, I think she really grounds herself in a in a certain way. And she kind of she kind of feels comfortable on the earth and, uh, you know, uh, in a way. And um, and this album was also very inspired by the pandemic, obviously, and she couldn't go anywhere. So I think that's that was also part of the symbolism, um, this kind of idea that, you know, being stuck at home, but also wanted to go party. So that's why you get like these kind of sounds where it's uh, very grounded and very homey and very like kind of like deep bass, the, the bass clarinets kind of ground you, but then you have like those crazy gabbers where it just like throws you into the, into the club. So there's a lot of different sounds at play on here and um, and also the kind of like woodwind instruments and the the um, the way acapella vocals are used kind of uh, is reminiscent of like a David Attenborough, like a Planet Earth type documentary. So in a way, it's kind of like a study of these mushrooms and looking into these mushrooms and like kind of if you really study them and figured out the music that they made, this is kind of the album that would come out of it sorry that was a lot but yeah god no beautifully said thank you that's what i'm <laughs> so mad that's why i'm so mad at fantano bro just like just do like the basic level just read the rolling stone article just like read the enemy article read the pitchfork article and just understand what bjork is going for and then judge the album rather than just be like uh, it just uh, it just it just came together together awkwardly and blah, blah blah and don't even touch on any of that it's like how do you miss the whole point of the album like even if you think it's bad like at least at least kind of grounded in the facts of all that you know yeah yeah Yeah, nah nah fuck the antenna (laughs) (laughs) he just annoys me because he has this attitude because he's been around so long that he can that his opinion is kind of like like bond i mean he he says that it's just my opinion but what what bothers me is just he's 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 who everybody looks to and and bjork obviously worked very hard on this album and there was a lot that went into this and and thought and like aesthetic and uh collaborators and singles and everything like this is like a a, a a body of work that she put out and he's just like no it's an f because i don't like i don't like how some of the sounds come together it's like you're you don't like how some of the sounds come together because you don't understand what you're hearing like
4: yeah i mean this this album is extremely experimental like i i mean like i didn't like it the first time that i listened to it and i loved it the second time and i think that i'm only going to further grow in appreciation for this record i mean even, like, like, just some of the production on this is just, you know, what so many producers strive to be able to perfect, you know, um, I, I feel like the experimental elements play extremely well into just being also just a listenable track, um, and, you know, this isn't, this isn't, you know, like, really, like, car music or <laughs> something you just want to bump or anything like that, um. I feel like there's definitely like a context for this record and it it is, you know, a concept album. And I think that everything should be considered um, when, when listening to this record, because even, even now that, you know, you've just discussed everything about the concept, the next time that I listen to this record, which will probably be tomorrow, Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to be thinking about it completely differently. And I'll probably even have a, a different opinion on it
0: it even goes beyond like uh bjork's like um intention like i was even thinking there, there's this like um uh, reels or like tiktok channel where it's this like guy he has a synthesizer and he'll plug it into different plants and um, um like living things and like cacti for instance and when he plugs it into mushrooms it makes this very like very unexpected kind of like squelching electronic noise and for my for my ear that's kind of how i see this record it's like you, you look at mushrooms and it's like what like shrooms maybe they're psychedelic like oh you make them with like steak or like oh they grow on the ground they look kind of ugly but like if you really like go and like listen to the mushrooms and what they're saying it's like they have like they have surprisingly interesting <laughs> music to to give to you like it's weird like
4: well that that's you should definitely send me that um, oh yeah for but, sure for sure but uh no nah, that's well, and also, like, mushrooms are, like, technically, like, fungi, too, which is just something that's completely different um, than a
0: plant. Yeah. They're, they're so much more, uh, apparently living. Like, I, just the way that they, they move around and the way that they multiply. It's like, and they're not parasitic either. They're, like, uh, they benefit everything around them. Like, literally, they, they give life to everything around them to trees, to roots. They'll, like, destroy things that are, like, in the way. They, like, they're, they they say the mushrooms are if mushrooms didn't exist the planet wouldn't exist they're like bees essentially you know yeah bees no. and trees yeah bees trees and mushrooms <laughs> without any of those three things the planet would cease to exist so pretty crazy anyway <laughs> i love this album you know I, I can be critical i'm not gonna you know completely meet ride bjork here i'm not gonna say that you know there's this f- album is perfect there's some there's some points that are kind of lows for me but but the thing is, it's very adventurous, and um, so, some of the some of the sounds come together a bit awkward because I think it's a really experimental sound that nobody's ever done before. Like kind of like, you know, sub sub like bass uh, clarinets, sub bass clarinets with like you know hard electronic gabber music and reggaeton and shit. Like it's not something anybody's ever done. So once in a while, there's some awkward kind of points where I'm like, ah, this doesn't really come together quite the way uh, she wanted it to. But that's why it's a B plus and not an A plus. But for me at least but um i think it i don't know from from an from an electronic music producer standpoint you do you think that it was like a successful experiment or do you do you think that what do you think
4: oh yeah it was definitely a successful experiment um i i do think like uh i guess if (laughs) if i were to put myself in bjork's shoes and say that i were making this album (laughs) um
0: yeah her little icelandic wooden shoes yes
4: i i would maybe have uh Put a little more focus on the gabber elements. Um, however, <laughs> you've heard my music; that's not surprising. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I would. I, there are some lulls on this record, however, they don't. I don't know if they're necessarily like. I don't know if I would consider them like to be like complete lulls. I do think that even like the, quote unquote lulls are kind of beautiful. Um, I think it was definitely. A successful experiment you know anything that you hear for the first time is going to sound you know like brash to the ear mm, um yeah but i mean i i think it's definitely important to state the fact that this album has been out for like five days <laughs> Yeah, y- yeah, y- yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> um <laughs> like who knows what it'll like people will think of it in a year you know this definitely could have a heavy influence on like experimental music going forward i I mean i definitely think that there is a likely possibility of that um bjork definitely is an artist who does her own thing and not a lot of people are able to accomplish that but i'm definitely intrigued to see you know what is going to like the new life that this record will take on now that it's out
0: yeah, I, I agree, um, and it'll continue to grow and spread like in the way that you know mushrooms. The do. Way <laughs> mushrooms do. But um, <laughs> but the one thing that I will say, like reading some of the interviews and stuff, the one thing that I will say that I'm happy didn't really surface too much on this record is that Bjork is definitely like an environmentalist, like lib, like she's way too she she like drives around like a Range Rover, but then she's like, oh, like the youth are gonna you know, Greta Thunberg and, like, the youth and the Gen Z are really gonna get us out of this environmental crisis. It's, like, way too... She's definitely, like, has, like, the boomer, like, hopefulness that's a little bit, like, off-putting. Like, I don't know. Like, like I would definitely have uh, disagreements with her in public, but, like, um, it doesn't really translate to this, the, the... That that passion and that love translates over, but the kind of cringe and, like, the forced, like, environmentalist um kind of perspective or whatever doesn't. Uh, thank God. <laughs> because if it did... It, that would definitely be that would this would be like a flop because it would just be like a her spouting kind of environmentalist environmentalist like stuff um based on like you know this like really hopeful like 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 for example like she said um she cried she wept when trump took us out of the paris climate accord it's like it doesn't the paris climate accord yes it matters but it's like the earth is fucked one way or the other so like she need, i feel like she should be a little bit more nihilistic about th- these things <laughs> just a little bit but you know um it's bjork so <laughs> whatever <laughs> like yeah i don't know she's a little bit of a she's a she's a little bit of a lib i would say but no nah, we, okay.
4: we, we we still simp for bjork
0: we still stand she has the she has the she she's built up enough uh enough i built up enough of a uh parasocial rapport with her that i'm gonna give her a pass <laughs> but um i think the last thing we can talk about because you listened to it a bit um and i i graded it as um prou- out of these albums i think i graded it the highest uh, was alex g's newest album um god save the animals um what did you what did you get from this record what do you think about it God is
2: my
4: really did listen to um, like a lot of indie music in high school like that was really the I was you know a stereotypical hipster or whatever Mm -hmm. so I was listening to you know Death Grips and indie music and honestly I feel like the indie genre is extremely bland and boring at this point Um, I don't think that like much good ever comes out of it or uh, nothing like that interesting because it's like even the good stuff a lot of times has been done before but alex g oh my god god save the animals alex g this record is so fucking good like i i don't know like the there are like experimental elements on this album and uh, granted i've only listened to this album um just today when you sent it in the chat um but this I don't know. This record is so good. Every track I feel like is just you know interesting to listen to. Sounds good to the ears. Um, some tracks I really loved were SDOS. Um, yeah, that's that the one like i was the, thinking
0: of right now. I was thinking of that one.
4: Yeah, and then um, immunity. I can't really remember. Yeah, yeah. What this sounds like, but I have it. I have it saved as.
2: that almost
0: reminded me of blade a little bit um his vocal style the album does remind me of blade it's like that kind of like a catholic and like like a vague religion not even catholic like very vague religious spiritualism mixed with like auto-tune and experimental pop and and talking about like cocaine and and things of that like like material things like kind of sinful material things mixed with like that kind of godly like weird like auto-tune like twink kind of yeah. <laughs> voice like it's very yeah. blade i really i get that I totally i totally get the blade comparison
4: well and he's pushing the genre forward and i think that because you know i i yes, mean definitely. almost like most indie artists that you mentioned i will know them like i know them and i'm just like you know the the first phoebe bridges record loved it um was drinking to it in high school like every single night um but then like punisher came out and every, that's when everybody started listening to phoebe and they like loved that record and for me that album was just kind of mid and for like my other friends who are already phoebe friend or phoebe fans um it it was kinda, files. <laughs> <laughs> phoebe files um uh, that album was kind of mid just because it felt like you know the same thing that she'd been doing uh, um, i see i came into her
0: her music from the, listening to that album so I, I can i understand what you're saying see, I get that. see
4: and and if that's the first album you hear from her then you're probably gonna like fucking love that record but what alex i i feel like she she definitely that she definitely has room to evolve she's great um i'm not trying to hate on phoebe bridgers oh yeah don't come for me <laughs> um or come for me i don't give a fuck um <laughs> Alex G is pushing the genre forward and I love it I'm here for it Uh, he's a great artist and I'm going to be listening to this album I recommended it to my father in fact
0: yeah i gotta recommend this to my dad too my dad would love this he would love runner my dad would love runner oh my god
4: is, is your is your dad into like the shins and shit too
0: no he's into you have you have probably like a cooler like maybe like millennial gen x type dad or something my dad is more of like a straight up boomer i don't know how old your dad is
4: well, well my parents had me very young so i think my dad's yeah. probably only like
0: 40 41 or yeah something you have like, like a that. millennial gen x uh dad or something that probably like likes that kind of uh likes that kind of cooler music. My dad is my dad is definitely like uh like Q Rock 1045 like <laughs> type, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, but I love my dad, but he's uh he would definitely this is this is the type of shit that he would like. I, I I totally see that. But yeah, I love this Alex G album. I think it's it's one of my favorites. It's not my favorite of the year. It's one of my favorites of the year though. Um because it's just so it's so simple, but it's like again like in the same way that I was describing Bjork where it's like Um, the, the, the more good music you put out and the more kind of like clout you build up, I feel like you kind of can get passes for certain things. Like on this Alex G album, like, yes, some of it is a little bit oversimple. Some of it is like, kind of, you know, like not, I would not, I would not call any of this bland, but like, you know, um, I feel like, uh, the simplicity works in his benefit. Um, the simplicity and the lyricism works in his benefit because it allows him room to explore and it allows for like the, that crazy auto-tune shit it allows for moments like uh blessing which is like really amazing um and cross the sea which is like auto-tune kind of like opus um it, it allows for moments like uh what the fuck is that song oh my god there's one that there's one song where it starts off really normal and then it, it starts off almost like a midwest indie song and then it breaks into like like uh like 100 gex or something i forgot what fuck yeah what is that song that's my that's one of my favorite uh it's like uh oh no bitterness that's one of my favorites of the year for sure
4: yeah um no this record is this record is tight um (laughs)
0: super tight very very Um, very also also just just,
4: like perfect to come out in the fall oh shit yo you cut out
0: i'm back i'm back sorry
4: (laughs) Oh, I, I thought that i thought that like my computer died or some shit
0: oh no 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 i uh i um, i got a little bit too excited when i said super tight and i unplugged the wire in the back of my <laughs> fucking audio interface but uh yeah to, to wrap up um any other thoughts about new music that's going to come out uh or uh any new thoughts about music that has already come out uh, any spare thoughts on the, the anti-art podcast this this will be the last the final moments of the anti-art podcast uh kind of oh, indefin- kind of indefinitely
4: this is this is so much pressure.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna give. I'll give you the floor. Um,
4: well, I will. Uh, I'll say because you you asked me what my favorite episode was, but I never answered. Oh. Um, I really loved the Nathan for You episode. Um, the internet brain rots are so fucking good. Kareem Rama is a great guest, and honestly, I would love for you to have him on again. Um, man is. I was just laughing. Like I feel like that entire time that I was listening to that podcast, I just felt like I was in the room laughing with you guys. It was great. Um, also, I I don't know. I guess um, I'm I'm kind of curious. What? It, so your first season is like seventy eight episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're um, talking about this
0: just before on the previous segment we're kind of in like season 3 because season 1 was kind of like uh when when we had the older guys on when we had Eben and Ryan and then it kind of peaked with like uh, there's a certain episode where it like really uh like kind of switched over and then we're kind of in season 2 so i, I don't know what season we're technically on <laughs> yeah it's definitely uh (laughs) we're probably we're technically like in like season five or like season six like if this was like a real tv show like (laughs) we have enough episodes where we're probably like pretty deep into the series at this point we're almost uh, a couple more episodes and we're you know in syndication just like you're you know to wrap it back up to the beginning um uh two and a half men you know hell
4: hell yes hell yes um so i guess i'll just ask you some questions about that going forward because i'm a fan and i'm sure other people want to know um what are you looking forward to doing in your next season?
0: Uh, in the next season, we're looking really into um, having more frequent guests on in the way that like we have you on. and, and but, but guests that aren't like, quote unquote, big names, people who we're, we have a good rapport with and that we're good friends with and mutuals with and, and that kind of stuff. Um, that we can bring on not to interview as a uh, profile, but more so to shoot the shit about various subjects. Um, what we're really trying to get into is kind of to make it more of like a um, like a variety show in a way. Um, so that we can talk about all the news that's happening. We can talk about fashion, we can talk about music, we can talk about you know film. We can kind of touch on a bit of everything um, in kind of a rapid succession style um we're looking into doing that we're looking into improving the audio quality and on top of that we're looking to start we're going to start a patreon for sure where we're going to have probably like the internet brain rot and like nathan for you style episodes over there um and we're considering because because patreon has a really interesting model where you can like the first hundred subscribers for like one dollar a month for life uh can come in and like you can you can do it like that until 100 people subscribe so we're, we're looking into ways to kind of uh be able to comment on everything uh that's happening in in kind of like a week-to-week basis but then also have the patreon in order to do the more produced uh episodes the ones that you like the ones that you said that you like the most so hell yeah
4: uh you should get you should get Ashley from Simpin After Dark um back on. Oh I, yeah, like that's, one guys- I, that's
0: what that's what see that that's like a kind of person like like that would be perfect to comment on certain like like we can talk about Kanye with her, then we can talk about like the weekend album, then we can talk about like, you know, Julia Fox having no eyebrows. Like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. Where it's like we have a guest on and then there's a thread through it. And same with you. Like we can like like you knew all these albums and you were able to talk to talk about them fluidly. We want to have more shit like that where we where we're keeping up with everything in a way that's um in a way that you know people would want to come to us for information but also at the same time keep it loose so
4: no i feel you okay that's that's good to hear um cool cool um also i guess do you know do you have any timetable for when you think you'll be doing this again
0: um so we're gonna stop like starting starting friday we're honestly gonna stop posting completely and we're gonna stop uh the So I'm hoping by let's say mid November to early December is when I w- ideally would like to come back because then that would give us enough time to really get a get a crew of people together to where you know we have um someone doing someone doing like more of advertising, someone doing more of graphic design, photography, like kind of kind of solidifying all those people into the organization um so, you know, not to get too boring into business and stuff like that, but if anybody listening is, is into any of that kind of stuff, uh, please feel free to DM us or email us at anti art, uh, management, MGMT rather, uh, gmail.com. But yeah, probably like early December, late January is, is when I'd like to come back because I'd like to come back and have everything kind of have a real, uh, flow to it. Uh, like the look of the page, for instance, um, like the production of the podcast, I want it to be more systematic rather than kind of going by the seat of our pants on a weekly basis you know
4: yeah yeah let, let me know if you need anything because i'm definitely down to help as
0: well i appreciate it yeah we're definitely looking to do some have some like original transition music so i don't know if you if that's something you'd be into but
4: yeah i mean i <laughs> i make like you know some some pretty uh shitty beats every night so
0: <laughs> yeah maybe you'd be more suited for the internet brain rot uh thing just listening to your album like i think that you're like you're, <laughs> literally though your music would like it would be perfect for that that way we don't have to we use we've relied so heavily on Never to do tra- for transition music if you really pay attention to our pod i probably put in like 50 opn songs like here and there um but yeah to have that kind of sound would be would be good and and for it not to get copyright struck would be great <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah we'll, we'll we'll be talk we'll be talking for sure
4: no, that's great. I actually, I, I do have some stuff that uh, I could definitely email you as well.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Appreciate it.
4: Cool. Um,
0: I guess I don't have any further questions. Um, do you have <laughs> any further questions? <laughs> no further questions, your honor. <laughs> um, Hmm. Let me see. Let me get, I'll, I'll, to, to wrap up, let me just get your perspective on the page in general. I know I've had, we've had a lot of memes and like those have been doing well and everything, but like, Oh, like, it. it, let's say you were to, let's say you were to get cryogenically frozen and you wake up on December 1st and you're like, oh, anti-art is finally back. You know, I woke up from my slumber. Like, what would you, (laughs) what would you hope to see? Like, 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 would it be a mix of memes with like criticism? Would it be kind of like the same, like written style format of reviews we have now? Would it be more of like kind of this informal talking about albums? Like, how, like, ideally, like, what do you, like, what elements of our page do you like and would you like to see kind of like on display?
4: okay uh you know i think rather i think definitely um pay like page wise um for like posts i like the formal um like the formal discussion of albums um on stories i think that's where i prefer some of like the more like informal Mm. um Discussion and you know that's also good because you know you get some informal discussion and that's also like you know people can reply and like DM you and then also I, I feel like when you start DMing with some people too they tend to think that they know you and that they're your friend and then they pay a little more attention to you. I see. Um, that's some uh, that's some forty eight laws of power manipulation there. <laughs> <laughs> um. Also, I, I do think, because um, I, I know that you have said that you want to step away from memes. Um, I, I think that definitely, um, I, I mean, I know I probably found you. I, I guess I don't remember when it happened, but I probably found you through memes. Yeah. Um, I don't, so I guess I don't necessarily, I feel like if you don't want to be doing memes as much anymore, you... Should step away from that. Maybe you could have, you know, um, one of because you guys have a lot of pages. You could use one of those pages specifically. Yeah, you could use one of those pages specifically for memes, and you could probably get a lot of engagement on that page as well. And you can always post those to your story. Um, I, I really like the artist profiles when you do those as well. Like you did one for like or something with like Yeji, and that was really interesting.
0: Um, I'd love to see more of that. Um, yeah, that's what we're really looking to get into. Um, kind of like doing more, kind of like this. Like, um, instead of doing a written, like a lot of times, what we'll do, we'll <laughs> record a profile and then I'll transcribe it. But I, I always realize that the recording is way more interesting and dynamic, um, and tells a better story than the writing. You know what I mean? Um, so I want to, I want to get into this kind of idea of like doing audio profiles, kind of saying to the person, hey you have 15 minutes to tell us about your album and, and your story or tw- 20 minutes to tell us about your album and your story. Like, don't expound too much. You know, let's get, let's stick to the questions and we'll cut around it. That kind of thing. Like I, I want to get more into doing like, like 20 minute, almost like 20 minute podcast episodes where I'm talking to these people. And then we have a photo shoot too. And that'll be on the page. Um, if you go on anti blog, it'll be kind of like, you know, uh, a bit of a, a little bit of a kind of um, description of the person and how I came across their music. Then just kind of like a link to the audio profile, and then just pictures, like something like that is kind of how I would like to do it, ideally. I don't know if that does that make sense?
4: Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. Um, also, another thing because motherfuckers yes. aren't reading, like let's keep it real. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, um, I think I think also when you when you post um, reviews as well, like sometimes you post li- like you post like three like short reviews into one post, um, and you know I'll, I'll click on the, like the blog every now and then um but i feel like you could maybe get more blog clicks if instead of doing like three short reviews in one post mm. if you did one short review um in one post and then maybe you added um so you know some political infographics um that not political infographics <laughs> but 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 infographics um on the artist maybe then you could also throw in like a meme or two as well and some like cool uh, photos of yeah artists i like that um, yeah that's because then idea. you could more consistently you know like grab somebody's attention and then they'd be like oh i'm i'm interested in you know getting uh like
0: Getting more in depth with this review, um, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like like if I if um like the Ed Sheeran came, uh, album came out, for example, and it's just a picture of him, and it just said the Ed Sheeran album sucks, and then it's like that grabs people's <laughs> attention, and they swipe, and then it's like a little infographic. Like I, I I like what you're saying, kind of taking the review that's already written and kind of breaking it into little quotes. I think Vice does that really well too. Um, yeah, the, 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 yeah, that's a good. Thank you. I like that. Uh, I think I will use that that format actually.
4: Yeah. Um, and last comment never quit simping
0: <laughs> yeah, it always works
4: nah nah i feel like i feel like we we simp over
0: similar artists so it's perfect it's funny because it, the, the simpos always get a lot of likes but no shares people are so like shameful they don't want to like <laughs> they want to i like a lot of saves too they want to hold it for themselves but they don't want to be like yo bro look at this picture of like caliucci's you know
4: yeah Nah. <laughs>
2: um
0: fuck fantano <laughs> <laughs> that's my goal i want to get fantano on the pod because i want to confront him i want to be like bro come on (laughs) (laughs) come on now
4: (laughs) oh god i i honestly don't i don't even think you'll get be able to get him to budge though
0: i would i would i would definitely bring up the kelly Uchi's album and be like bro you didn't translate a single lyric how do you know what she's even like what's even being said like <laughs> come on jesus wait
4: didn't you meet fantano once at like a show or some <laughs> <Yeah>. shit
0: <laughs> i met him at a danny brown show yeah <laughs> oh my god that's great that's a perfect place to meet fantano he was t- he was t- pretty tall and pretty pretty wide i would not want to fight that guy that guy he would he, i think his dad is like a famous deadlifter but anyway let's uh let's uh end uh the podcast here thank you so much for coming on this is a great uh mega we were only gonna record like a half hour and we're we're at 80 minutes so thank you so much for coming on no it's gonna be a lot to edit and stuff but i'm, I'm happy to do it because like this was a really great discussion uh really great like market research uh at the end here that i wasn't expecting but i like like i was happy to get it um and yeah we'll be we'll be talking about stuff in the in the future collaborating and you know, I'll be continuing to get your feedback, and you can get my feedback, all that. But anyway, for this uh, for this final episode of the Anti Art podcast, uh, this is Ryan signing out. I'm so happy that for everybody that has has uh, joined us on this journey over the last you know year and a half or two years. It's been life changing, and uh, we're going to continue to do bigger and better things when we come back. Uh, you guys will be shocked and surprised at what we're able to pull. So, peace out. See you. bonus track here. Uh, I feel like nobody's going to be listening at this point because I play that entire song. I feel like people probably tune out halfway through the song. Maybe they, maybe they'll, they listen to the whole song. If you do, you get rewarded with a, a little bit of extra content here. Um, yeah, so I don't know what I'm going to say. I have no idea. Did not plan to get this far, and I'm not going to edit this part. Um, it's 4.37 a.m. I spent the last couple days really, um, you know, zoning into how we started off anti-art just kind of reviewing lots of albums um thinking up tons of ideas spending late nights you know like 3 4 a.m planning stuff out um that's very early anti-art core right there (laughs) i'm just um really excited to see where this goes next um this is just like honestly a, a dream come true for me and for Troy, um, for sure. I mean, everything that we're doing here, it's, it's crazy. It's just like, I don't know, man, like just, just, just the things that continue to happen. It's just like, I don't, I don't know. Like, like we started this podcast and then we met Anna through this podcast and then, you know, I met Matthew and Anna and then we started that podcast. It was like, and now we're making money over there at Patreon. It's just like really, like really cool to, I don't know, to just see like, if you just keep going, the it's not it's not necessarily that you're gonna make it to like the quote unquote the top or you're not gonna make like the most amount of money or whatever or have the most prestige it's not really even what i'm aiming for but i digress it's just like i don't know you just you just do what you have to do and you know follow what you think is the right thing to do and you just end up in places that you would not even believe like honestly like I don't know. Just some of the people that I'm talking to through Instagram and trying to get like on the show and stuff like that, um, both neoliberal hell and anti-art are people that like made me want to start podcasting. You know what I mean? It's people that like, I've, I've always liked and I've always like been into their shows or into their comedy or into their music or whatever, um, the case may be. But these are people that like made me want to start podcasting, made me want to start reviewing music, like people that like, I would like two years ago, if you would have told me two or three years ago, if you would have told me, Ryan, like, um, you're gonna, you're something that grew out of your fucking iPhone notes app, like literally just ranking albums, um, top to bottom before you even started a page that like mentality and that like continual need to expand and like give your opinions and be a shithead (laughs) is going to get you to a point where you're like, I don't know, meeting somebody who you give like a top five album to of the year and you can tell them out to their face like li- like truthfully that like 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 the way i talked to soul glow um and i was like you guys made probably what is the album of the year hands down it's undeniable to be able to say that to somebody and really mean it and it's like the best album that's out and you're completely unbiased and it's not just you're trying to get the interview it's like literally like you think that that person made a piece of art that will withstand the test of time like and and being able to tell them that and it's not, like, dick riding uh, is incredible. Um, it's just so fucking surreal. I just don't know where the limits of this are. Like, I want to meet, like, Hideo Kojima, bro. Like, I want to go to Japan and I want to do a podcast with Hideo Kojima, the creator of Metal Gear Solid. Like, I want to do a podcast with hasbula Like, I want to um, I want to do a podcast with Shy Girl. I want to do another episode with Earth Eater. Um, <clears throat> I want to do a full Chapo episode where all the Chapo dudes are on here. I want to do a full yeah, but still episode where all the, where the two dudes from, yeah, but still are on here. Like I want to, I don't know, um, pod about list. I want them on here for sure. Those are, those are maybe slightly more attainable than, than, uh, the other people I was saying. I don't know. Like I fucking want, who else do I want on here? Uh, Arca, obviously, obviously Arca would be dream guest, um, next to Hideo Kojima. I would say those are my two, honestly, if I can get them on the same pod, that would be really fucking incredible. That's like the, you know, uh, that's a meeting point of so many different things for me as far as like my aesthetic and style and the things that I think are cool. I don't know. Those two would be, would be huge. Um, Kyle, Kyle McLaughlin from, uh, twin peaks. I would love to have him on here. David Lynch, obviously would be a dream guest. Um, these are just people I'm naming. Like none of these people are going to ever come on my podcast. Trent Reznor would be a great one. Um, who else do I want on the show? I'm just aiming for the fucking moon here. Um, who, 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 who should be on this podcast? Let me think. I don't know who else. <laughs> I'm really leaving you guys hanging here. I'm kind of, I kind of ran out of names. Um, Rosalia obviously would be a great guest. I would love to have her on here. Charlie, uh, Rena. I know I said a lot of bad stuff about your last album, but I would love to have you as a guest. You're amazing. You're incredible. Um, Ethel Kane, uh would be a great guest I would love to do an audio profile on her and take some pictures of her like in the fucking graveyard and like with night vision and shit like yeah Ethel Kane would be amazing to profile to talk to um who else fuck um god god I feel like I'm being put on the spot here who else um I haven't seen X or Pearl but Mia Goth would be cool to interview uh, fucking kendall jenner let me get her on here <laughs> i want to get kendall jenner and Ju- uh shoe shoegaze on here um and i want him i want to i want him to finally ask once and for all if she knows who death grips is and likes them um jeanette mccurdy would be a great guest i would love to have her you know from iCarly. um who the fuck else oh my god um the rock would be a great guest j uh jason statham he would be cool um who else who else who else who else who who's a continued like auteur i don't know um hmm i'd like to get ariel pink on here to be honest with you i'd like to just ask him purely about his music and not his politics that would be a good guest um i'd like to get shane oliver on here and people from anonymous club that would be fucking fire um, Blade, obviously Blade would be great, Echo, all of Dream Gang, honestly, White Armor, Varg is a dream guest, Lean, Young Lean is a dream guest, um, Kanye, I would like to get him on here just to go through his discography start to finish, Bjork would be a great guest, uh, Fiona Apple would be a great guest, uh, PJ Harvey, I haven't gotten to her discography yet, but I have a feeling she'd be a great guest, Kate Bush, um, oh my god, who else, um, Dream guest, Ryan. Dream guest. Shoot for the fucking moon here, buddy. Uh, oh, Violet Myers. I would love to have Violet Myers on as a guest. Um, if For those of you who don't know who that is, I'll look her up. Um, fuck. Who else would I... Sasha Gray would be a great guest. Um, hmm, Alexa Demi. Uh Who else? Who else? Who else? Um. The chick from Squid Games. I forgot her name. Love to have her on as a guest. Um, I would like to have the guy on from Squid Games, but apparently he like beat up and dragged the woman out of like a casino in like the nineties or early two thousands. So he's gonna have to apologize for that first. Um, who else would I want to have on? Lil B would be a great guest. Oh my god, Lil B would be great. Zach Fox, um, Slow Tie would be a great guest. I'd love to have Genesis Uwasu on again with a uh, Kieran J. Callanan would be a, a good duo team up episode for sure. For sure. Um, Hmm. Who else? I don't know. I think I'm just going to get, let's get this to, let's get this to two minutes, two hours and 40 uh, minutes. And then let's drop that. This is going to be by far our longest episode. This is a crazy one. This is like a three part. Like this is like a fucking Godfather. Um, episode, uh, Jesus Christ. that's not a TV show. um, <clears throat> godfather movie like sequel this is like the godfather 4 this is the podfather welcome to the podfather um you're listening to the podfather um hmm, let's see i'm excited for this year man i'm ex- i'm so excited for this year and, and next year um the things that we're gonna do are gonna be fucking crazy i'm just so fucking psyched like we're really getting some some interesting people Uh, on the list of that we're going to interview and then on top of that we have like we're going to really like format our page a different way start using youtube more i mean i don't know we just want to expand we just want to expand our our reach and expand the people that we work with and do more collaborations and more dual posting and more fucking you know i want more people to see the website that's like the main thing i really want people to read my articles and um and honestly, they do decently well. Like, like you know, the hip hop one that I dropped had like two two hundred views or something like that. The Andy Morin uh, uh, Night of Fire one, that one did pretty good numbers. Uh, Eight hundred, I think, people viewed it, including Anthony Fantano. I know that for a fact. Um, yeah, just cool, man. I don't, I don't know. This it's really fun to be continue to do this. Uh, you know, but week after week, it gets really tiring. So that's kind of where that's kind of the point that we're at. We're just kind of tired we just it just feels like we have all these resources and all these interesting people that we want to talk to but the scheduling never works and we just end up like scrambling and you know Troy has work I have work and it gets difficult to kind of figure out exactly how we want to format it you know what I'm saying so it's just I don't know like I don't know I'm just excited to see where this goes next because we just have all these resources and we have all these things working for us and I don't know like We've already been through, like, the internet muck anyway, like, people making fun of us and telling us to delete our page and, you know, losing followers in mass, and, you know, uh, co- like, that kind of shit. Like, like, we've already kind of gone through that to such an extent that I just don't, like, give a fuck anymore. Like, it just... I don't need anybody to, I don't rely on, I don't want to rely on anybody uh, to, for popularity or for like to bring us along or anything of that nature. Like I want our, our space to kind of be a place where people come to pop off rather than. I go over to other places to try and like get press or some shit. Like I just, I'm just so tired of that. Like I I know that, I know what we're doing is cool. I knew I like our reviews are, are some of the best on the, on the whole fucking internet. Like, like I'll read the guardian like reviews and shit and they're trash. And then you read an anti review and it's way more in depth. And you know, honestly, if go read our spirit of the beehive review and then read the pitchfork one, like you'll get a way better understanding of the album if you um, fucking read our article. But anyway, that's, that's enough bragging for, for now. Um, I'm tired. Um, I feel like a fucking egomaniac, um, talking so much about myself and having other people talk about the podcast and all that stuff. So yeah, I'm going to just end it very soon. Let's get to two hours and 40 minutes. Um, and then I will end this final episode of the anti art podcast. This is the final episode. Um, until next season this is the end of the show um this is crazy i don't want this to end but i'm just very tired and i really want to get um you know get our podcast on track and get the get the guests that we want and get the you know format that we want and cameras we want and everything like that so uh, the last word for the entire podcast is capybara